Hey, Mac, when does deer season start? Well, if you want the best deer herd possible, Lanny, you need to start right now. Right now. That's, That's why right. we're starting our promotion. I mean, we've got a deer season starts now promotion on plantbiologic.com where you can pick up our Game Changer soybeans, our forage soybeans, and our spring protein peas. While you're there, you might as well go ahead and pick up some brassicas like our final forage and winter bowls. Yeah, stock up for the cool season planting right now. Listeners to the GK Podcast, if you use coupon code GKPOD, you can save an additional 10% off our entire selection of warm season, cool season, and clover food plot seed. Get started today and visit plantbiologic.com for an unforgettable fall. I am Jeff Foxworthy, and welcome to Gamekeeper Podcast. If you want to learn more about farming for wildlife and habitat management, then, buddy, you are in the right place. Join the Gamekeeper crew direct from Mossy Oak Land Enhancement Studio as they discuss the latest wildlife and habitat management practices, news, and, of course, hunting. There's no telling what you'll learn, but I'm going to tell you, I bet it's interesting. Enjoy. Three, two, one. Okay, everybody. I don't know that today has been crazy. It's good stuff. It, 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 well, welcome. We're in West Point, Mississippi once again, as Toxie likes to point out. Uh, hmm. In the Gamekeeper Studio. Studio. It's a rainy, hot, muggy. It's an interesting July, that's for sure. A lot of rain. A lot of rain. Everything but the power is down. And somehow, what, what are we... Uh, did we hotwire it to the? Yeah, we got it plugged in somewhere. I don't know how it's. I'm just thankful that our guest made the trip. No uh, doubt, and he's it. here. And I don't know if we've ever had a guest that was so electric and interesting. Intriguing. That everybody's Intriguing. Asking oh, no, come on, I, no. I would say like us. Yeah, yes. no doubt about it. Yeah, it's guys, like he's been here his whole life. Yeah, yeah. y'all do kind of feel. Y'all feel like uh, feel like family Bros. already, man. <laughs> sure. Uh, well, thanks for being well, hey, here. Hey, nah, man, it, it's my pleasure to be here, guys. I, I want to just say uh, thank you, just first first and foremost, uh, for the opportunity. So, Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, well so let you, me go yeah, ahead and introduce, let me introduce you, okay? okay. So yeah, if you, you know, the inter- if you get on the internet on YouTube or Instagram, you may have seen this page called November South. Yeah. And Will is a fantastic musician, but... What we're more interested in, he's an unbelievable flint napper, and he builds uh, arrows and bows that he hunts with and knives, just like uh, the Native Americans. Look, if you right, could yeah. sit here and look at this stuff, it, so, it's, it's, it's amazing. we got to hit the horns. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, 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 Absolutely. They Oh, I man. mean, uh, hobby gone on. wild for sure. <laughs> Look, Dudley yeah. has not. Dudley is drooling as he looks at all this <laughs> he's got stuff. A, that he's got a man crush well, on look, you. We're gonna go on and tell you, fellas. I grew up. I grew up Sephora. I couldn't afford nothing, you know. Yeah. So hell, I just had to figure out how to make it all. And yeah. uh, I just been doing it so long these days that uh, I'm, I'm lucky it's enough incredible. to make it make it okay. I mean, yeah, Isn't I that incredible. Even, look at that. There, there, even, hey, there's lots of folks that do it a lot better than me. Uh, I but, don't uh, know. This is amazing. I'm holding an arrow in every single component. I don't know where to start. I think we all have too many questions. (laughs) Okay, so let's let's do this. We got a little business we got to take care of first, uh, Will. So, um, and then we're going to tell everybody how to find you and go watch you make these. It's just fascinating and everything. But uh, so first off, you know, there's not a lot of blood on the biologic. Everybody's fishing right now. But Lanny, it's brought to you by LS. But I want to tell you, I had a flat tire in that small tractor, and I think I invented the easiest way to change a flat tire. Invented. I may have. You oh invent. I, let let me on, guess. Let me guess on what. No, no, you just tell us. The bucket lifted up the front end of the tractor. Look at this guy. I mean, he's. 
He's so ahead. You're gonna you're gonna be a farmer one day. Could have been a heavy equipment operator. <laughs> I don't know about that. No, no, God forbid. <laughs> but well, so but to make uh, I mean the point is I was way back in the woods, had a flat tire, just curled the bucket, a, a curled the bucket the and lifted it up and took it right off. Look at you. Went, went to town. That's kind of like hey, to, people who, down? to people no. who have tractors. That's like saying if you cut with the Sharp side of the knife, it'll it cut a steak better than the blunt side. <laughs> Everybody knows that it has a tractor with a bucket on it. Uh, so but, is there a hole in tractor tire now? Hey, uh, let me no, just say no. this. Clearly, you're talking about the front tire. Oh, yeah. Clearly. 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 Yeah, yeah. No doubt about that. <laughs> I don't know. With the with the scoop on the back, you could probably do the same thing. You absolutely could with that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Both ends of it. Maybe could get it up there. Yep. Yep. Uh, the, yeah. That, the backhoe is, is strong on that unit. I'm going to go on and tell you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Lanny's been doing a lot of digging. Belt basically dug a swimming pool. I don't know who has got more hours on that, or me or you, because every time I look at it, I see these little Instagram videos of you fighting kudzu at the Ponderosa. Yeah, well, I think Hayden has the most hours on it. This is probably true. So, turning the page, thank you, LS. We are enjoying that. But we have a new sponsor. And uh, Max, I'm I'm excited to say Moultrie Feeders and Cedars is a a new television and podcast sponsor. And cameras. And uh, we've known them for a long time. Long time partners. uh, Well, they've got good cameras. They've, uh, look, uh, you've got toxic. You and Dan go back, goodness gracious, back 35 years. Mm -hmm. More than that. Yeah. The two companies, when I first came to Mossy Oak. We went to the Alabama Deer Hunters thing. Oh, yeah. It was in Birmingham. The World that, was, Expo. that was way after we met. Yeah. We were at a, the Consumer Show in Jackson, the Wildlife Expo. Yeah, we're going there in a couple weeks. You know, like, yeah, Dudley. at the time, there might have been 30 booths, maybe. It was just getting started. There wasn't anything much. And so, sure, anyway, yeah. and uh, I was there. Diane went with me. You know, Ooh. she was helping collect money. I mean, there was nobody, just me at that. And, uh, he was there with Patty. She was selling uh, beef jerky, and she was like a dollar a piece and whatever. She'd sell enough beef jerky to go shopping afterwards hmm. way back in the day. And he was peddling his stuff. It was just him and maybe one other person back then. It was way in the beginning. Yeah. So, hmm. yeah, yeah, we go back a long way. A long way. And some of those old Moultrie <laughs> feeders that were in Bottomland. Oh, the metal ones? Iconic. Yeah, mm, that, really, that really is. Really so, are. Well, we'll get to talk about them a lot, but Mac, you've got something to read about it, please, if you don't mind. And, and let me p- pull my microphone over here. More than 35 years ago, Moultrie pioneered the game management category. Today, Moultrie is one of the best-selling brands of game feeders in the world. It continues to innovate with new technology that hunters and land managers rely on. Defined by the foundations of reliability and ease of use, Moultrie products are always field tested and designed for hunters by them by hunters themselves. Combining forward-thinking innovation with time-tested practicality, Moultrie consistently demonstrates what it means to be the most trusted name in the game management category. Wow, you got a face for radio, man. I mean, you're killing it. You know, and he's got a uh, Disney Band-Aid on his finger, too. Does I, he? I noticed that. But, but so Moultrie's got a promo for all of our listeners. You can go to the Moultrie Feeders website. Yeah. And type, the promo code is Mossyoak, and you get 15% off anything. Is that feeders and cameras and everything? I think it's everything. Wow. Man, it's the perfect time of year for that. Yeah. Damn. So, look, we're, we're just real excited to have them. They're, they're yeah, great, good great folks. folks. Yep. So, all right. So, uh, I think that covers it. Mac, thank you. And is your finger okay there? You got a Band-Aid on it. 
Oh, look, I handed him an uh, arrowhead earlier. It's, it's pretty dang sharp. I'm going to tell you what, this, this blade right here is sharp. So uh, let, let me just kind of try to set the table, and then I don't know where this is going to go. Yeah, I don't even know <laughs> but, where we need to start. We're going to go, though. I, I kind of found you on Instagram. Yeah. I like Areas, yeah. and I was watching you make nap some area, and I kept seeing you wearing mossy oak pants. Oh yeah, yeah. And I've, I thought, well, this guy, there's, there's a connection here, and so I kept following you, and I, one day I just couldn't stand it anymore. I had to reach out to you. He dropped down in your DMs. Yeah, he did. He did. He, he, he slid right in there, and I was like, I was like, I actually, Who is this uh, guy? I, I did. I was kind of like, I was like, Bob, Bobby Cole. I, you know, so many people reach out to me. I was like, uh, you know, Bobby, hey, uh, I appreciate you reaching out. Can I, can I get back to you? Mm-hmm. And and let me just let me think about it or whatever. And uh, and then. Hell, that was probably late at night. Then I, I woke up the next day and I looked. I said, "That's Bobby Cole from from Mossy Oak." Boom! <laughs> Excuse <Yeah>. me, my <laughs> the, bad. The Bobby Cole. <laughs> All right, look, but, but we're going to talk about napping arrowheads. We're going to talk about bows and probably music and you hunting with this equipment. Oh, that's right. Want to make sure it's legal that's the main everywhere. Thing. But, yeah, uh, yes, but, sir. But can you kind of tell us your story uh, it, today at lunch? You were, uh, just give us a. So people know yeah. what who who you are. Yeah. So um, yeah. So I, uh, you know, I'm first and foremost. I believe uh, I'm a I'm an artist at heart. Uh, you know, I uh, I kind of ran from that a little bit in my in my youth, but uh, I embrace it as a 42 year old uh, father of of one. And uh, you know, as you get old, you, you start to know yourself a little bit better. And uh, but, you know, I uh, man, my 20s, uh, I spent touring the nation in a rock and roll band and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, probably a, a little funny, but I always had like Primitive Archer magazine or or whatever, you know, back there. It was hunting magazines. I was I was that guy that was, you know, uh, just always had my head stuck stuck in a hunting magazine, thinking about uh, you know making bows or um, you know any of this stuff. And so so whenever uh, I got a little bit older and man, I wanted a new bow, I didn't have the money for a new bow. So I thought, you know, I've, I've seen these guys do this for so long. I'm gonna figure it out. And uh, I got a vice and a, a farrier's rasp and a, a draw knife and man, the rest was history. You know, I, I, once I made that first bow and and flung that first arrow, boys, it was you know, stick a fork in me. I'm done. Yeah. You know. Oh. Mm. Uh, now listen, I, I've been I've been shooting traditional since I was 14 years old, and uh, you know, so it was just something that uh, I was always kind of drawn to, you know, just the simplicity and the romance of traditional archery. Um, but as I started to make this stuff, it was, okay, I made a bow. All right. Well, what, all right, man, I guess I need to figure out how to make arrow, you know, let's up the ante a little bit. So the next year I started getting into making these cane arrows and primitive arrows. And then uh, uh, of course the next logical step is, is, uh, the flint napping side of things. And man, that is, that's been one of the most addictive, uh, hobbies and pastimes that uh, I believe I've ever taken part in. You know, it really is. It's something that you can just go out and in 30, 45 minutes. And, you know, it's not a, it's not a big time investment. You know, hmm. you can, you can really just sit down and, and make something real quick. And, and uh, it just, is it relaxing to you to do it? That? Really? It absolutely yeah, is. I was going to say it, even though it sounds very technical, it, 
it can probably be mindless once you. You know, get look, good it's so it. easy a caveman can do it, right? Uh, ah, you know, it's right, uh, it, it is very <laughs> complex, and um, but at the same time, it it uh, once you get the hang of of the mechanics and stuff, your our brains, I think, are somewhat pre-wired um, to understand these things because yeah. it because it really like 100%. goes back to the core of of us as as people, as just humans. like hunting. It's I mean, in our yeah. genetics. Oh, it, yeah. it is. Yeah. I mean, this was I, I really I believe flint napping um, is is like the first skill, mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, and it's what led. Well, I mean, I guess really probably the first skill was uh, was hunting. It was mm-hmm. procuring food, right? But the, uh, but having having those stone tools uh, is what really set us apart from the rest of yeah. the animal kingdom out there. You know what I mean? Um, and so, so, so when yeah. you when you pick up a, a piece of, well, I want to ask you what kind of materials later. But uh, so, do you look at it and turn it over and you picture how many you can get out of this, and then you mm-hmm. just sit down and just bring them to life. Yeah, it's similar, you know, looking at a rock there's there's it's you never really know what's inside of it. So you got to get in it and see if it's sometimes uh they'll be froze up, you know, and they won't be just, you know, one solid piece. But let's say I'm sitting there looking at one good solid piece of rock. It's it's uh it's similar to, you know, uh, studying on a on a puzzle, on a Rubik's cube or something. You know, I mean, there's there's strategy involved. There's, you know, I'm I'm working out my first initial steps anyway. But what's so fun about it is no two rocks are the same and no really two people would maybe even address working that rock the same, you know? Mm -hmm. So as you go, uh, if I, if I'm, if I, you know, if I make one little tiny mistake, well then that's going to affect my next five or six things that I have to do. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's just this, this fun little, little puzzle that, uh, that you get to kind of work out. So. I just <clears throat> hope people can appreciate it. <clears throat> I don't know if people can appreciate it. I'm sitting here with this stuff in front of me as we talk, and it is razor sharp. It's amazing. And perfect. Uh, I would say it's just shocking, the, the knife, everything, but the broadhead and the shape, and, I mean, it is a serious, deadly weapon. I mean, oh, we- I would be, if it wasn't, the, you know, the cane shaft and the turkey feather, uh, Fletchings and everything else. He's so handmade. I wouldn't hesitate to shoot that at a deer and expect really high performance. Yeah, yeah so it's it, it is not. It's I primitive, mean, it's but fine. his yeah. his workmanship is. I just you can't appreciate it. Uh, you know, we're just talking about it. And now you hunt with this equipment oh, yeah. as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's they. <laughs> this stuff works as good as as good as anything else. You know, as long as long as. Look, it's it's just like everything else with bow hunting, right? It's it's how well you tune your equipment. It's mm-hmm. how it's it's shot placement. It's yes. it's all of those things, right? Um, but at the same time, it's it's just an, another one one step further into the the thing. So it's just it's a lot more. There's a lot more opportunity probably for failure too, you know, because. So uh, yeah. in preparation for this, I asked Chuck Sykes in Alabama, and I asked Jason here in Mississippi, Redding, about the league. Whether it's stone points, yeah. I don't, we don't want to point somebody towards something for sure. But it, but it's always it's got the same governing by, rules correct. as regular archery. Equipment. Yes, for the, for the most part, I'm, I, to my knowledge, um, it's you know if if uh, if your state says you know seven eighths wide, you know non barbed, that's just referring to your point. It doesn't matter what it's made of. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, in Tennessee, I've been I've been hunting with them for. You know, uh, going on uh, eleven years now. Yeah, now uh, some states so. don't allow you to use chuck spears or you know, adlatls, yeah, things like that. But right. uh, 
Yeah, I think what what he's doing is pretty legit everywhere. So when you talk about a rock, let's just start with what yeah. it, it can't just be any kind of rock. No. Is I mean, what no, are you no. looking for? Well, uh, man, you guys, any guys uh, shoot a BB gum when he's a kid? Uh, yeah. All right. right. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know about y'all, but uh, you know, one of the the first real good whoopings I got was the first time I shot out a uh, my neighbor's. Uh, glass shooting at a shooting at a bird shooting at a squirrel something like that but uh, if you've ever looked at a pane of glass that's been hit by a bb it causes a uh, a conical fracture all right and that that cone that comes out of there is a certain angle every time all right so we figured that out as early humans and that unlocked everything you know, so so what you do is essentially you pick up a rock and another rock that you think is potential uh, material and smack, you hit it. And if it breaks in that concordial fracture and if it breaks in a particular way, right, and, and you, it's real easy to pick up what that is, then it's going to work. Now, some stuff uh, like shale. All right. We pick up a piece of shale that's going to break off very angular and uh and just kind of fall apart on you real quick um so let's say we go out in a creek and we pick up something and it 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 breaks and it's got that cone and we're like man we think we got something here all right so as far as the quality of that and its workability um the smoother it is the better it's going to work okay so if it's a real rough rock but it breaks like limestone for instance just straight up limestone will break with a a concordial fracture but you're going to have to be you know, King Kong to, to pressure flake it or actually perk it because it's so tough. But also, if you think about limestone, super duper rough, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where you guys know you can nap uh, glass. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so, so this glass of water, this, you feel how smooth that glass feels. That's how real high grade chert or flint uh, will feel. So mm. you'll break it open, the glassier, waxier, smoother it is, uh, the easier that it's going to be able to be worked. So, where do you find Flint? I mean, have, talk to you, you ever found any Flint? Yeah, yeah, yeah we're we're some uh, you know oh, Native Americans left it laying here and there, but no, naturally, I wouldn't know. Man, you got to dig in and find it. Uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty widespread. I mean, in this area, there's it's in the creeks and stuff. You know, it's it's hard. It is hard to source. I was always uh, heard ours in this Black Prairie would have to trade for it from outside areas, but I don't know that. I there was heard. a lot there. So the, the area that I live in is, um, one of the most Flint rich areas, uh, especially in the, in the South at least. Um, but the, the, the material, my favorite material, uh, local material is called, uh, Fort Payne and, sometimes uh, referred to as Dover. And uh, that Dover has, man, they found Dover points, you know, out in like Colorado. I mean, they've, they've found that stuff has been one of the most widely uh, distributed and traded materials that there is. Hmm. So. I've just always wondered, and, and when I think about the Native Americans that used to live here, I mean, we love finding artifacts, but I, I just kind of try to picture one sitting on a rock somewhere <laughs> making his own, head to hunt, go hunt with, and how long would it take him to do that? I, I don't think you can really answer this question, but how long would it take you to make Well, it? as a as a modern napper, um, you know, a, a hunting point can, uh, you know, that will just work, that is, we can just sit down and have something that we can put on an arrow, maybe not the nicest thing in the world. You can make them as quick as 15 or 20 minutes. Oh, wow. I mean, you know, if you if you find a flake, so that's, that's the thing is, you know, you pick up a, a big rock, right? And 
I may take a big rock and want to turn that into that, that knife that uh, Toxie had in his hand earlier, you know, now in that there's going to be all kinds of waste, right? You're going to have, and, and these guys, I get this on the internet all the time, you know, man, there's so much waste. Look at all this, these waste flakes that are all around you. Well, those are, the, you would pick those up and with a, a, a piece of deer antler, like, like this right here, you know, and, uh, it looks like something you killed Dudley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nothing wrong with that. But you know, uh, you could, you could take this tool right here and, uh, and shape a flake, um, pretty super duper fast. I mean, it, no big deal. So hmm. he's got a, like a six inch tine mm-hmm. or a spike, uh, but it, so you, and you, you press that against the flint and yeah, absolutely. pressure flakes come off. Yeah. That's, this is, this is essentially your, your, taking the edge of a flake or, or a biface. And you guys think this is how the Native Americans did it? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, there's, uh, yeah, we they've been testing this stuff for uh, over, you know, like 100 years or something. Yeah. I mean, and honestly, like the, the Danish, uh, the Danish daggers, and there's some stuff, you know, over in that part of the world where uh, that stuff was actually carried on into recorded history. There was like a, like a, like a guild to make these, uh, these Danish daggers, hmm. you know, and they, these guys, they, it was this whole thing. They would like kind of break it up into, um, cause there's these like where you stitch the, the handles There's some super high level stuff that they would, uh, not even really teach until, you know, but, but anyway, yes, absolutely. They've been, uh, they've been, we've been trying to read now. Look, I don't think that exactly what we're doing is, I mean, Obviously, we can't rewind and go back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there's uh, obviously there's more than one way to skin a cat. Um, but some of the tools um, like this and or like a deer ulna, um, we can we'll find in the recorded history, you know what I mean, with the points um, that have the same type of wear pattern and have embedded in them little pieces of, of shirt. Mm. And so there's there's things that tell us that we're on the we're on the right track for sure. So yeah, he's uh, in in layman's terms, he's you know starting with a big chunk, and he uses like a you said a a deer ulna, isn't that well, a, a like that, a, a ball joint? A ball. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, when you're looking at deer, it's the just below what kind of resembles their elbow, right? It's like that third bone or whatever right here. It's actually a two part bone mm-hmm. um, that if you ever do disconnect it, they'll they'll be you got to work that cartilage out of there and you can separate it and it's that smaller one that comes off the tibia or the uh, fibula which one would it be I, don't yeah. listen here I'm, uh, I don't want to lie to you Mac, here's, here's here's one that I've got worked down and it's uh here past that over there What's that? it's similar but it's interesting he has he has a bucket uh, with a little skirt around it with a bunch of pockets and just like someone's toolbox. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Um, and, you know, you've got bigger pieces. I think some of them are called like boppers. And yeah, yeah. he's got uh, stuff that's like uh, copper tipped that almost looks like the tip of a pencil that you're doing more finesse work with. Yeah. Are you napping with this? Yeah. Yeah, that's that. That'll be that's actually my, my bevel tool and my notching tool uh, when I'm doing some aboriginal type type work. So, yeah, that's, and, and that'll that's knock the 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 flint, the piece of flint off. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So you guys, you guys it's have amazing. looked at. I feel that you guys have looked at arrowheads and stuff, right? So yeah, you, yeah. You, you know how it's got that that oh, wavy yeah. oh, that yeah. wavy thing. So those, that's like those, your knife had just a beautiful serrated right, those, edge. To those, it. So yeah. those are those, we refer to those as, as flake scars. Mm-hmm. And what those flake scars are essentially are like little frozen records of shock waves, right? From from the impact imparted to the piece. Um, from from with the big rock hitting it, 
Right. So that happens from the macro level yeah, all the way all down, way right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and that's why, especially when I do um, flint napping demonstrations, I, I always like to work on really big rock because it's it's a whole lot easier to see and it's uh, it's it's cool to watch. You know what I mean? You're just seeing yeah. seeing something just as a man. I mean, it's yeah. like, come on. It's just, uh, uh, you know, yeah. rock. Oh, shit, uh, yeah. rock. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, now have arrow. <laughs> but, but the same principles apply all the way down to the microlithic stage. You know, they really do. Um, and so it's it, it just some of the the dynamics uh, sort of change. So there's there's two basic types of flint napping. There's percussion, right? With the uh, like we were just talking mm-hmm. about, you take big rock, hit other rock, pow. And then the next is uh, is pressure, and that's where there's just a buildup of pressure. And I'll, I'll demonstrate that right now for you yeah, guys. So this, this is this is one I was working on earlier, uh, actually yesterday. And so all I'm going to do this this would have been like. Uh, basically uh, a, a caveman's pocket knife this is this is a about a this is a replica of about a eight or nine thousand year old point called a lost lake and um and what they would do with these once they they had these made and they had them hafted probably to a piece of bone they'd use them and they dull them up a little bit and then they would turn around and sharpen them back up and what that looks like is is essentially just coming in here right to that edge and what i'm doing is i'm i'm, I'm gonna put this between my legs a little bit so i can I'm leaning in and putting that inward pressure, and then my legs are going to come together and help me snap that little flake off, okay? And come out from the underneath side, right? So so here we go again. Look at that. I'm going to go ahead and do a, a series of these. That sounds like me getting out of bed in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Don't it, though? My, my knee pops like that every day. And, and this stuff, doing this stuff right here, or, or make it make it worse on you, too. So, sounds so like yeah, me so every, every see, step I take yeah. these days. You can see how this will create this little serrated edge. Yeah, it's incredible. It's we okay. Got that, we That's, got that, uh, that owner. Pass me that owner. Here, I got a question. It's killing me. I got to ask this. So, I see that. It's just fascinating. And the knife and the bigger pieces. But I'm looking at this broadhead, and Mm -hmm. it is unbelievable. The serrations aren't a sixteenth of an inch. Right. Those are like a quarter, a right. half inch. Now, you see, you see how that where I wanted to switch to this tool. Tiny right here. little thing. Now look at look at the look at the difference. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. It has to and be so, tiny because yeah, I so mean, this little, the, and they're perfect. I mean, literally looks like it was machine tooled with something. Okay, so he's turning it on the edge there. Yeah. Right. See this. This at, is going to be look at those in that vertical motion. And Toxie, I want you to feel how sharp this right here is going to be. Just coming fresh off with nothing more. So, Will, that thing you got in your hands, it kind of looks like it's in bottom land already, the colors of it. that. Hey, so that right there, that is... That is unbelievable. Y'all have got to see this now. But I can just... What's really sad is that he just used a piece of deer bone and in about a minute went down the side of this probably three-inch piece of rock. And it's way sharper than I can resharpen my pocket knives. And really, and, and we didn't lose a whole lot of width. No. Um, and look so, at this. It is, this is so crazy. The serrations on it look like it was machine tooled by a knife company. Right. They're so even and perfect. So that that particular type of rock right there, that's a that's a, a variety of Dover that uh, me and some of my my local buddies that collect this stuff. We it's funny. I was thinking about this yesterday. We call it the, the camo Dover. We love it because it's it's camo Dover. And but like specifically, the camo is. Bottom, bottom land, land right? So, so we like yeah. it. How about that? So, 
That is beautiful. Yeah, it is. What a what it a really freshman you are. It, man, it, it, it's not just beautiful and perfect. I'm telling you, this performance. Oh yeah. It's shop. You know, it's funny because <laughs> I've heard um friends that are really into this and studied and even done a little bit of archaeology and collected and they talked about the engineering and I was like, oh, engineering. I mean, what was, what was engineering? And they were talking right. like the technology changed from this kind of rock to that. And I'm thinking to myself, but it really was. I mean, it's a great guess for us to open our mind up. It was the same thing, the same principles as we apply to all this stuff today. 100%. It was just obviously much simpler. Mm. That's it, though. Absolutely. So that that thing looks like it's about, say, four or five inches long. I would have thought that would have been like a spear point. But you're saying that would have been a knife? Yes. And so so the difference... That, and, and I'm gonna say, I, I make that uh, I, that assumption uh, based on the fact that um, in the record those will be uh, we'll find them beveled. And so, look, I've, I've got some I've got some actual artifacts here with me today that are that are pretty nice. <laughs> um, so these are these are actual. Um, this is a, a lost lake, just like what I'm showing you. So this is a stage one lost lake right here. And you can see it's very similar to the mm-hmm. the one that I've got right there, right? Now, this one right here is the same thing. Look at I want you to look at the base. You see how the base oh, is almost identical? It's been worked out. Now, yeah. now, now, do you, you notice the shape on it, right? It's mm-hmm. kind of got that rhomboid um, mm-hmm. cross-section, like a parallelogram, right? And what how that happens is exactly what I was just showing you guys. It, this what this is is like uh this is like your grandpa's old favorite it's uh, got the little bitty blade on it yeah, yeah right yeah, yeah. It, it's been this has been sharpened down this mm-hmm. this particular one would have been you know real big but yeah. this was somebody's favorite knife for years and years and he just used it and used it until it was damn near used up and then there it is so, wow. you, you want to see that Check no it. Just because oh, so guys y'all gotta watch this <laughs> oh, YouTube. Y'all didn't get to see that, but that was a cast. That that wasn't a real point. I was I was trying oh, okay, to I was okay. trying to get him to jump out of the skin, but he caught it. All right. <laughs> you see me? I dove out of the way, so I wouldn't get blamed. That, so was, that each, was not a five thousand dollar point I threw. Yeah, I was about to say each side has a single bevel on it, so that's it correct. doesn't come together in the middle. That's correct. And that's so what they did. They would. Uh, where's that point that I was just working on? Let me let me work on that just a little bit more, so I'll show you guys. So what they would do, and it's funny you can you can tell the they they refer to them artifact collectors refer to them as right hand bevel or left hand bevel right and uh and these bevels i've heard lord you know there's so much uh mythology that surrounds this stuff right um i'm sure you guys have probably heard um uh like you know that they dropped hot water they uh, yeah, on rocks right to yeah and that's completely a not a thing but also i've heard that the uh, uh the bevels were to you know it's like a like a beveled broadhead, you know, they're to make them spin this way and fly mm-hmm. it or whatever. No, what happens is as you, as we try to, to sharpen this, if I was going to, how can I put this simply? The the most efficient way to save the width of this blade is for me to only pressure flake on one side of this. Right. So I've just did that one side. Okay. I'm going to turn around and I'm going to do this, this so, side so right that's, here. So that's a knife. This is a knife. Right. So so we 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 just skin a mastodon with this thing, right? And now we gotta we gotta turn around and, and get it sharp again. So and you can see this isn't gonna take me just just a couple minutes. I mean, he's just working right through it. Sound like somebody cracking their knuckles. Right. <laughs> yeah. So if there was four or five Native Americans and they killed a buffalo or something, they're 
There might be two or three of them working and one of them just sharpening the tools all the time. I bet they could get it cut up in a hurry. Well, now listen. So so this tool right here would have been a would have been a fine knife blade, but when it comes to killing a, you know, killing a critter and and gutting it and and processing all that meat out, honestly, the waste flakes um that this stuff produces are they're just <laughs> listen. I I was I was standing in a just covered in blades, right? I mean, mm-hmm. what it took me in, in an hour to make this yesterday at my feet of debitage, I had flakes that that we, we got something down right here. You guys are going to walk over. We're all going to grab up these scalpels, essentially, mm-hmm. and we've just got the sharpest knives that you've ever used. I mean, ah, just, yeah. And they're disposable. Right. And right? You, you find them in the field. And, and oh, it's for sure. Just a Every, little everywhere, chip, everywhere but, yeah. But you can hold it between your your index finger and your thumb and it is sharp. Yes. Yep. You know, I just, I'm so uneducated about it. I thought those were just waste flakes from trying to build arrowheads. Sounds like from him that knives were so much more useful than arrowheads and spare points anyway. So, so much of it was cutting tools. Let me, let me grab you guys mine real quick. So so this is, this is obsidian. I'm just going to take one quick flake from this. Wait, 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 wait. Obsidian is that shiny black stuff. stuff. This is, this is volcanic glass is what this is. And, uh, you know, just in recent history, they, they've used this, uh, little tiny flakes from this stuff in like eye surgery and some different types of surgeries, especially back in, I think that was like the sixties or something. Um, but yeah, man, this stuff actually breaks close to uh, on the edge is almost a one molecule. It's like I forget the actual measurement, but it's just barely over a molecule thick on the edge. Now, hold on uh, one thing. So that what you've got in your hand is another. Is that a femur or uh, uh, this right here is a moose? This is the base of a of a, of moose. a moose horn. Right gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah. What do you call that piece? That moose piece? This is a billet. 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 Yeah. A lot of times uh, guys refer to them as boppers or yeah, billet. You I've know, heard it's just, that. A, just a piece of bone. Now, uh, honestly, like obviously, like here in Mississippi or where I grew up in Arkansas, uh, we didn't have moose running around right back then either. But I'm sure that there was some big megafauna out there that had some sure. big, heavy, dense bones. And if they didn't, another thing that I, uh, I like to use, especially with larger when I'm working larger stuff is uh is actually wood billets you can have a big piece of dogwood mm-hmm. which you may see if you guys watch some of my videos you'll see me with a big old looks like a caveman club you yeah know, I'm just wow, you dense know. interlocking <laughs> grain yeah uh, yes and that's why dogwood is is uh is so perfect but but anyway let's get back to how we're going to butcher a deer um I'm going to take one flake look at that one lick oh look at All that right. now Ooh, I think we'll talk about sharp look at that so, so I could take, I could sit down and, and take a lot of flakes and, and reduce that into a, a biface. All right. So let's, let's hit on that real quick. So, <laughs> so this, this is a spall and I've taken one, one flake, right? Spall is this big chunk of obsidian. Correct. That's so right. this, this is a spall. This was, this that I'm holding in my hand was a flake taken off of a much larger rock. And so instead of calling it a flake, we're going to up it one and call it a spall. Mm-hmm. So I've just taken one flake off of this spall. Now, if I only, some of the earliest tools were what we call uniface tools, right? So they would only work, they would take a flake like that and only work one side, just a little bit of something on one side. Um, and as, as time went on and as we as people started to get um, more, just better at this and our brains were growing and we've got all this 
extra brain capacity, we started getting better at napping and we started to knock off flakes off of both sides. And then we realized we could take a big rock and, and reduce it from both sides and make it thinner and thinner and thinner until we're getting to a, what we call a biface, um, you know, because it's been, it's been worked on both faces and we can really refine this into a, into a, a better tool. But honestly, there's not much better tool than that little flake in your hand right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, right? Look Shard of glass. Yeah, that's what it looks like. That's exactly what it is. But the, the same thing happens. And listen, we could go out. I could take you to a creek right now. We could pick up a rock and, and you know, knock one flake off of it. It is local to this area because that obsidian, we're only going to find that out in the Pacific Northwest or Mexico or, you know, somewhere where they got volcanoes. Um, but, man. Look, just just as just from a survivalist standpoint, right? Like just knowing that you can go out, just what I just said, just taking two rocks and just hitting them together and seeing what's on the inside of that. And if you can come off with something that's it doesn't take much, that's just a kind of got that waxy feel. Uh, you'd be surprised, man. I mean, it's it's just really. So you took that bopper, and I guess you're putting. Um, horizontal pressure so so not not so much um so the best way to describe this man is so essentially what i'm doing that cone that i was talking about right from the bb it's that that comes off on like 100 degrees right right so i'm just i'm visible you you ever see a peace sign right you know so straight down force will impart this cone right Mm -hmm. and so so with a biface or with a with a rock as I'm working this rock right here. Right. So as we hit straight down on this, I know that if, when I hit straight down that that's going to break at this angle. So that's going to, if, if this rock is at this angle, that's going to take that much of that away. Oh, okay. Right. A portion, a small portion of that whole cone, mm-hmm. if we were to hit in the center, mm-hmm. but we're hitting on an edge. So you get that portion of a cone and then from manipulating the angle of the rock and the weight of my blow, I can um, predictively remove material from this piece of rock. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes total sense. Yeah. So once <laughs> once we once we figured that out, we we're like, oh, it, it's not random. We know that. Hey, I can predictively remove this stuff. That's when it. That's when it turns into a puzzle, into a, a Rubik's cube. You right. know what I mean? That you can you can work and unlock um, beautiful, super functional, life saving, uh, world changing. Uh, technology. I mean, this, these are the computers of, of, mm-hmm. you know, yonder your or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it really was, this was cutting edge technology, um, 20,000 years ago. Yeah. Had to have it to survive. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, so that's pretty, that's pretty sharp, man. Hey, look, next time, uh, next time you kill a turkey or, or a, a deer or something like that, once you, once you take and just cut, just cut you a little, little meet up with it or just do a little something man just so you're this. saying i can keep this man yeah yeah put that in your pocket uh, yeah, yeah put that in your pocket <laughs> i don't I'll, I'll be scared to put and that in my pocket you but. oh wait we cut you <laughs> so um and again we're a lot of people can't see this i know we'll show some yeah too, you, but my question too for the novice when you saw these um notches in the back equal yeah, on mm-hmm. both sides just like you if you were to draw an arrow on a piece of paper just to do a emoji with it or something it always, I always thought that was cool. You could wrap it like you did with the uh, yeah, absolutely arrowhead. Yeah, absolutely. But, but why would they do a knife that way? Well, so I've got a, I've got an interesting hypothesis on on this, and and I, I I've come about this from talking with uh, with good napper buddies, and I've got a couple archaeologist buddies, you know, and we like to sit and and and, and talk about this. Yeah, that's right, you know, and and I think the one that. Um, 
that my buddy Mike Conkle, who is an amazing napper and, and a, a mentor to me, and uh, my other buddy Shannon Walker, um, we all talk about how these it's it's amazing to us, right? Like these lost lakes, like those two um, those two casts that I showed you, right? Mm-hmm. Those are found very very far from each other, right? Like states away. Yeah. Look at the width on that base of both of them. They're almost identical. And throughout the record, when we find these, they're almost the same. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you reckon you reckon uh, cavemen just, they had a manual that they were passing yeah, out? It's, I mean, we, it's so, like the Sears Roebuck catalog of well i mean there's think about think about how, how stories and information is is handed down right mm-hmm. so it, it's just it it blows my mind that people that definitely never met each other still are making things so similar and the only thing that makes sense to me is that they were hafting these things with something very similar that doesn't change. Now, when I first got into this stuff, everybody told me, oh, yeah, they have a wood handle on it, right? Because that makes sense because wood is everywhere and it's super easy to work, especially with stone tools. But what makes me think that these Lost Lakes especially weren't um, wood handles um, is that width of that base. Right. So what's consistent? What's what's the same thing almost everywhere? That's That's bones. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think and I, they've they found some, too, that have, uh, that have been hafted. But I think that's the deal is that they, they had a specific bone. You know what I mean? A certain size of deer and a specific bone that fit your hand good. And it was easy to take from, you know, if it was a, if it was a deer or whatever. And uh, and yeah. And so that's what dictated some huh. of those shapes and the handle. Things. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's what's so fascinating to me about all of that is. uh you know, like you said, a lost lake is a lost lake. Obviously, they may have they had a different name for it well, if oh, there yeah, was yeah, a yeah, name. Yeah. But you can oh, you can look up these books and and images on the internet and just like Google projectile points, right? And they all there's hundreds of them, and they have a name. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, and they were mostly they're usually named by the the person that found them first or whatever, right? The the scientist that was going through, and they but, they're named after towns or whatever. But like you said, they um, could be four hundred miles apart. Yes, and, and but culture exactly, exactly. And they and that typically those were done within a certain culture too, right? Like a time a period, age, a time yeah. period of people. So, are you familiar with the the paleo, the the Clovis? It's mm-hmm. probably one of the most. Mm-hmm. And you need flamous. to describe the right. Uh, so let's the, talk. Let's talk about that. Okay. Uh, that you're, I guess you're going to ask you about the flute, right? The like flute. That's, that's what everybody talks about. It's a it's a flute. Um, and so. The flutes are pretty fascinating, really, because these were some of the oldest points, right, in North America. These are some of the very oldest points found in North America. As a matter of fact, I read a thing the other day um, that's going to challenge our uh, conceptions of of how long people have been in America. Um, but anyway, they found they found a cache up in the close to the Pacific Northwest of a bunch of uh, Clovises that are radio dated back to like 14,000 years ago, mm. um, which is a few thousand further than, uh, than ever thought before. But so those earliest people are actually making some of the hardest points to replicate now. Um, and it's, it's mostly because of that flute. So, so I've got one that's, this is an unfluted Clovis right here. And it's a, I mean, it's a time consuming. Well, I mean, like very well, uh, contoured piece. You, I mean, the contour is is 
everything. And I mean, you really have to be very focused and very detail oriented. Whereas like a lost lake, I can like whoop out pretty quick, but, but these, um, just making this preform is actually, and so I've got all this time in it. Right. And now, the, now you've got to now I've got to flute it. You got to right. take a big old chunk off the bottom, off the, of off the back, which is one of the easiest ways um, to just break what you're working on. I mean, like no, the, the success rate is it's kind of like flipping a flipping a coin a little bit, especially when you're learning. Wow. Um, but what they would do that flute for these were actual spears, right? Mastodon killers, like a, a, a thrusting spear, not a not a dart point. Mm -hmm. Well, they made some of them actually were definitely dart dart points. Again, I'm not an archaeologist, and a lot of this is my own opinion. So take that, <laughs> take this with a grain of salt. Oh, good. Uh, but uh, I, they would they would make essentially the deal is is this is a pretty beefy strong point, right? Um, and this thick point is going to be pretty hard to haft onto a dart or haft onto a big spear. So they figured out that taking these two flute flakes would make this base super duper thin that, that'll make a much stronger haft and they can wrap that. And then they've still got all this, this meat right here that'll withstand uh, multiple uses probably. And mm -hmm. cause I mean, you know, this yeah. took all this time. Um, and man, can you imagine, I mean, going up to something like a damn, mastodon you, you know what Stomping i mean him. all of us like let's say you know, we're gonna we're gonna take him down you know uh, come on fellas <laughs> yeah hercules it's, it's so, <laughs> and by hafting he means like you split to the tie, end of right. a stick yeah. in half yeah. so it splits and then yep. you put the point in there right haft h-a-f-t right so that's mm -hmm. that's just that's attaching the Half, you know, hafting that or attaching that to the easily to remember, easy to remember because it you you have to perfectly a perfect one is exactly in the middle and halfway. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they work mm -hmm. on that Clovis and then have to take the final step is yeah. The very, so this yeah is this last one and it's it's uh I'm I'm prepared to do it today. Oh, it's no. A, no, it's a, it's no, a, no, 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 no. It's gonna this is this is one strike. This is one strike. I'm, <laughs> I'm either, we're going we're gonna make it or break it real quick. Get the so, camera out. So, oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. So this this may or may not work. Um, but I you know I, I got I got faith. Anybody got a penny on? Uh, I don't quarter. have a penny on me now. Ain't got a penny. I got one in my desk. Yeah, okay. We got we got change. You're looking at a room full of people that <laughs> literally have no sense. Yeah. <laughs> there ain't a, listen. There ain't a cent between the two. Yeah. Between none of you, huh? Vandy's got some. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, this you is can't a, hide money. I'm gonna use. I'm gonna use my modern. So this is the modern equivalent to um, to this. This is a this is a, a lead filled copper cap. Now. These two things are just about the same and they work almost exactly the same. It's just that this one right here is a whole a whole lot more expensive to get and it and it wears out a lot faster. Uh, um, so I don't use them. I, I kind of that would be the moose pedicle yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um I tell them all the time, look, I'm I'm more interested in being a a, a craftsman than a than a caveman. Yeah. Right. So sometimes sometimes I'm I'm not above using modern tools. Here comes Vandy with a but you got penny? some sense. So I'm just I'm gonna use I'm gonna use this on my on my pinky here, so it has an anvil. So what they would do, what we think you ever, they would do. Does this cut ever cut your hands up doing all this? Oh Lord, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is a blood sport, man, for sure. <laughs> uh, so one of the one of the, the main things to really note is they, they had they had to set up this little nipple right here. And there's a whole lot of work that goes in to just setting up this one little platform right there that mm -hmm. I'm gonna try to strike. On the base of the yeah. point. On the this, this right here 
I'm just going to rough up this edge and just strengthen strengthen the edge of that. So so hopefully more of that blow uh, instead of it going into a, a real sharp little edge and just just deteriorating super quick. The stronger I can make this edge, uh, the more energy will be transferred through the piece. Mm-hmm. Good old physics. Yeah, mm-hmm. physics. That's exactly right. Yeah, this is just. I just, bet you made an A in physics in high school, didn't you? <laughs> Shoot. Well, I barely made it out of high school. <laughs> <laughs> physics. Yeah, uh, I, had uh, to, I had to have a tutor to pass physics. <laughs> so I'm going to I'm gonna sit this in here and just. So you're putting the penny on the end of the point. Now, listen, that's kind of my, that's kind of my secret thing oh, well, here. What, but the, edit yeah, that out. Yeah, but no, that slip is, is going to hit your. No, leg. no, it's. So, so what I'm trying to do when when I hit when you when you strike uh, a rock, most of that force goes to the opposite side of that rock right. and will rebound. And there's all this shock that happens, right? And you can see you know what a shock wave looks yeah. like. Bending like this doesn't do good with rocks. So what we try to what we try to do is is dampen anything, all that shock. And so most of this shock, I know it's coming over here. So I'm gonna put my pinky mm-hmm. to, but I don't want my pinky to. I want to play this guitar here in a minute. Right. So, so I'm gonna put this penny in here. Uh, so my pinky you doesn't break but um so <laughs> so anyway so i'm gonna i'm gonna grab this dude this, oh man like here say, we go a, stand by with the a, disney a, band-aids mac yeah <laughs> so so i'm squeezing this real hard on the sides and i've got it i've got it pressed in to that ample piece wagers That hit my guitar. It's a guitar uh, pick. That that flip the exact size of a guitar pick. Guys. Look at that. All right. So and this that we it's, had we had success. That it was looked like worth like was, a champ. That was really good. So so here we go. Let's let's look at this. So they would take, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do two of them. You ready with the camera there? No, don't do two of them. So there's that flute, and and these flutes would would typically end in a little little hinge like that. That was just about just about perfect. Didn't didn't go quite down the middle. Um, but you can see, look at that. Unbelievable. Isn't that crazy? And it's, now you can see how much, how much thinner that is. And you can imagine if I turned it around and flute this side. Is the second side more critical since it's thinner? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's to like, so yeah, a little mean, more I, brittle. Yeah. I, I nailed that. That was a, that was a really good, that was a really modest, good flute. Modest guy. Too. Yeah. <laughs> so I nailed, no, but that's the thing. It's like, I nailed that one. Now, now when, when I turn it over, the pressure's on to be. But I noticed right. he was, uh, he had a lot of force or something pretty heavy. Uh, a piece, but but just so you know, he was and he probably what, about the third time. Yeah. Well, I, he I'm was just, I missed just it. I missed barely, it. but he was just I, barely. I, mean, I would rather miss. I would rather oh, have a mistrust no or miss than have a mistrust. I can't describe okay. to people how. Yeah, so had had close I, he was to trying to miss it, he was just oh, for barely sure. barely striking it. Yeah, that you can see where I where I struck that. Had I struck that. Uh, a sixteenth of an inch uh, higher, or, yeah. it would we we would have failed, and so and that's just that's just done through repetition. Yeah, and it, it's like he had a a a way to do it that's consistent, just yeah. like a baseball player yeah, yeah. steps up to the plate and does his thing. No, you're gonna freak out when you say. Yeah, it. that's the that's the practice, man. Yeah. That's that's just. I beat up a lot of rock. You so know? back in the day, that had to be a frustrating thing for those guys <laughs> yeah. trying to make that. Can you imagine if that was life and death? What I just did. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, the uh, ability to, to be say, able to do that. If I if I didn't have that ability, then you're going to starve. So yeah. Clovis points have been found all over North America. Uh yeah, to my knowledge. Yes, sir. 
Wow. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure there's there's some other cultures too that have very similar type of uh, uh, process of making as well. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. So yeah, so there we go. That's uh that's that's a Clovis. So crowds I mean, on his feet. Yeah, you had to hit that. like we got I that mean, that deserves an ovation. That was yeah, amazing. That, yeah. I then, saw it. Yeah. I was trying well, so Bobby Bobby said that, you know, yeah. hey, maybe maybe bring something and finish it here. And I thought, well, what can I finish? You know, and I, I immediately was like, Well, I'll just uh, I'll finish up a little lost lake, you know, show you guys how to and then I thought, well, it'd be super cool because everybody knows Clovis. But uh, but kind of a, a stretch to try to pull it off hand fluting one for you. Look guys, at Dudley's, there look at Dudley's but, expression. And that, the, that worked out. what's so cool is you know halfway up the point it stops. where it stops, it, right. it's like a hand. shelf. Mm-hmm. Yes. So the the top of the uh, stick that yes. you've hafted would bump. butts would up butts to that. Up. So yeah, exactly. if you're really good, you'll, they'll match on both it, sides. And that's exactly right. And so that's what I was trying to say. I wasn't trying mm-hmm. to be arrogant, but I, I nailed it on the first side. But that's now the challenge for right. myself is to replicate that on the other side. How in the world uh, do you do that? So, and you know, you you get lucky sometimes, and sometimes you know you, you don't. So, hey, you so try. when you do, when you hit it, per- <laughs> the point of that is when you hit it perfect, you take really good care of it. And back in the day, they would be really, really careful with that. Oh man, yeah, highly prized, you yeah. know. Uh, and and the guys that were were able to pull that off, I feel like were this was kind of some of the hierarchy. Oh right? yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I've yeah. always thought, and I could be wrong, that you know some of the older people, obviously the older people that have been doing it longer are better, but they may have wounded their leg twenty years oh, like ago, and that's oh, like situation. their yeah. that's like their job because oh, they I can't see. hunt anymore. For sure, you know, right? Yeah, interesting. I mean, we're just we're just getting into this, and we've only <laughs> covered the points. I mean, you brought these self bows that you made. Yeah. Uh, you you brought some of this brain tanned leather from from deer. Man, how'd you like how'd you like the smell of that? That's it, like that's my favorite. It smelled smell like a campfire. Dudley <laughs> won't sleep for ten days. <laughs> yeah, and then you brought this. Uh, amazing martin guitar with a tobacco sunburst yeah, on it yeah that's and, my uh, that's my baby there so you gotta sh- we gotta get she's got a, she's got a little nick on her now too from that uh from that clovis that's yeah that's, it hit it. it i thought it was gonna hit a string yeah that's kind of boing cool. <laughs> so let, let's move right into the eras and, okay. and and then we'll go to fletching and then go to your bows but what Tell us about these eras. That era had still the most impressive thing I've seen. Oh, man, I love that. That cool. Yeah, you know, Kane. Uh, we, we call Kane nature's nature's carbon era. You know, you got to shoot carbons. Yeah, it's tapered. So what's, yeah, what's also, awesome, what's yep. awesome about these these Kane arrows, man, uh, I don't know if you guys know how long y- y'all been bow hunting, but, you know, before our uh, carbon arrows, uh, we had aluminum, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and those, what happened whenever you shot those aluminum? 24, 13. Yes, sir. Right. All day yeah. long. 25, and, Yeah. And so you remember when, <laughs> yep. we, when they came out with the carbons and just how like durable carbons are, oh, yeah. right? I mean, you just, you can't bend them, can't hardly break them. That's the deal. So we, in the traditional archery uh, realm, you know, we all kind of lo- love our, our woods, mm-hmm. you know, our woodies are, are where it's at, cedar arrows. But those right there um, are the equivalent uh, to a carbon arrow, man. You, you just can almost can't break them you know once you now listen they're they're hard to make uh it takes it uh, it, it takes you know the patience of a job to, yeah. to do it but uh but the, man they they they, they turn out with a, a and really that cane one. makes uh it's tapered so it's smaller in diameter on the feather mm-hmm. fletch end yeah, so and you got so that weight it, forward it can clear your shelf easier yeah you got that and, extra uh, foc and yeah 
And those are turkey feather fletchings that that you've you've made somehow yourself. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. I went out and shot a and shot a turkey in the face. So do you make feathers? <laughs> do you make your own pitch glue uh, or whatever? Yes, and, sir. Yeah. And then and then when he halves it on there, uh, I've always called it sinew. Some hmm? people call it sinew. Sinew, yeah. But uh, yeah, Yankees. So you're getting the sinew <laughs> off of like your deer back straps or whatever. Mm-hmm. The silver skin, which is three threads, threads, yeah, and then you wrap it around Mm. while it's wet, and then when it dries, it shrinks. Not just wet, um, chewed, chewed. Okay, so so yeah, so you can you can you can kind of pre-wet them, but um, the saliva in your mouth actually starts to break down the the sinew and creates creates a little bit of its own like hide glue. and there's really no modern equivalent to it because it, like I said, it produces its own glue a little bit and uh, it shrinks when it dries, you know? So it's, I mean, you know, a lot of guys, oh, I'll use artificial sinew. Don't do that. Get the real stuff. Like there's, there's just nothing better. Yeah. Cause it's like uh, the uh, extruding, there's a protein in red meat that extruded will be like a glue, which is like when you're blending meat, that's from my old meat science days, when you're blending meat, yeah, you get if you blend it very long at all and then cook it into whatever sauce, it'll just be like, you know, a hot dog or really, really right. tough. And the more that protein is extruded, then it's just like a glue. Mm-hmm. And, and like when he's extruding that, he's using the saliva to break it down. When you're eating fried fish that's on the bone, that's and right. your your fingers feel sticky mm-hmm. when you're done, that's that's what that is. Wow, wow. man, I'm just getting learning all kinds of stuff. Yeah, the glue, the glue, <laughs> sinew. So you're taking the sinew off a, a deer mm-hmm. and then drying it and chewing it and then putting it back on there. Absolutely, yeah. Wow, yeah. You really want to try to get it super clean whenever you, um, you know, whenever you go to dry it out. I mean, I, I scrape them really good. You mm-hmm. know. Because uh, you are going to turn around and put it in your mouth. But. You're, you're, does your wife ever kiss you? <laughs> <laughs> Not since I grew this beard, man, about, about 10 years ago. So are no. you chewing air or seeing you again? <laughs> uh, I mean, that uh, you do the spin test on that thing. Yeah. And, oh. and when you look at it, it's not, it's not, it's not as straight, you know, from. Yeah, from every end, five inches is not perfectly right. straight, but yeah. from it end to end, well. it is perfectly straight. Yeah, it is. That's right. And then you've got those big like helicals the on the feathers and the tapered arrow. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's the thing. That's arrows. Honestly, like bows are 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 great. I love bows. I love making bows. Bows are easy to make. Mm-hmm. Arrows. <laughs> I just assume I had somebody make them for me. I try. I try <laughs> one. Yeah, I'm my buddy into doing it, I will. Hey, man, I'll make you a bow if you'll make me a set of arrows. I do that all the time. So is it the airhead or is the shaft? The, it's the arrows. Yeah. I, man, arrowhead's no big deal either. Yeah. Like I said, that 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 arrowhead right there. Now, now that particular arrowhead um, is made out of North Carolina rhyolite. That is a, a, a it's akin to um, uh obsidian in mm-hmm. that it's a volcanic deposit but my buddy james parker he he called he says it's man rock because mm-hmm. <laughs> uh it's it's literally the toughest stuff to work that there is and it's almost you almost can't break it he and i there's some videos if you look back he and i uh last spring he took a, a danish dagger and we were throwing it into a tree just like you throw a knife you know we were just throwing a stone knife in a tree man couldn't break now you could take you could take some, that this uh that that knife right there and throw it in the tree twice Maybe before it burinated and took a bigger broken half, uh, uh, but, but rhyolite not so much. So what <clears throat> you explained earlier, um, and I'm so fascinated about the the fletchings and the twist because 
I can remember shooting it. We always, I had a six, I wanted a 6% twist. This has got to be like 10 or 12. Yeah, yeah. I, I love a heavy twist. Yeah, this has got some more twist than Slow I've ever seen. Slow that arrow down. I don't yeah, care. stabilize. I'm only this. shooting at 10 yards. But it's fascinating how, because it's actually, I was like, you got a fletching jig you did this with or not? And he said, no, let me tell you. So describe as best you can how you got these in a perfect, that all of them are the same distance and they're all the exact same twist. That's so, fascinating. So I grew up I grew up reading um Primitive Archer magazine. Oh and, yeah. And in Primitive Archer there was always all these like how-to type articles for this type of stuff. And uh and I, I read in one of them, I don't remember where it was, but it's this they they showed making this little triangle of leather essentially and you you put a little um just three lines, you know, like like your feathers go mm-hmm. and slide that over. It's got a little hole in it and you slide that over the shaft and then you can stick your three feathers through there. All right. So you've got your feathers. Now I can tie that front end of that. Right. Yeah. Now you just take and slide that little piece of leather to the backside. So it'll hold the backside of that. And once you get there, you just, just turn it just a little bit and get the twist that you need. And it's going to, it'll just sit there and hold it for you while you, while you make your wrap. Hmm. And then whenever you get done with your wrap, you can kind of lay that that feather over a little bit and uh, put your hide glue or your, you know, in this case, super glue. Because, like I said, I'm more interested in being a craftsman than a than a caveman. But uh, uh, so that's yeah. a very primitive version of a Bisson Burger jig. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and I don't I don't know that they necessarily um our ancestors necessarily did it like that, but uh but shoot, man, an old Works. father put it in a magazine and yeah. I've been doing it for a long Perfect. time. Works great. <laughs> so what would that head weigh? Uh, that one right there is 160 grains. So when you're shooting, when you're hunting, you're up a tree and you've got one of these bows you've made. If you if you've got a you know, a hundred and forty pound doe, she's standing there at fifteen yards and you shoot her through the lungs, are you gonna get a complete pass through with that? Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of factors involved. Um if if you're shooting a 55, 60 pound bow, yeah, definitely. Um but honestly, man, look, sometimes one hole is just as good as two, you know. Um but Yes, you you definitely are losing some in penetration when it comes to primitive tackle. Absolutely, um, you know. Do you have to take that into consideration at where you're trying to hit the deer? Well, look, no, uh, honestly, I, I'm always trying to hit the deer in, in the in the sweet spot every time because there's nothing that makes up for. I don't care. There's nothing that makes up for shot placement. Y'all know right, that, right, um, and and. So you put that in the right well, spot. Well said, I would like that. Mm-hmm. Very well said. Well, thank you. I mean, and that's that's something that's very important to me. I mean, yeah. this is not this is something that I've been doing my entire life and, and I, I'm passionate about. And uh, the last thing I want to do is be going out and, and wounding deer, you know. Yeah. Well, uh, we were hitting on that at lunch a little bit. Why don't you tell everybody, like, how high you get in the tree and what's your maximum? Right. Um. Yeah, I mean, you know, I didn't have to really change my my tactics too much. I, now, a buddy of mine that I've hunted with for for years and years, he hunts with a compound, and uh, man, he is a stone cold killer, you know. And uh, my buddy Roy, he talks about uh, about skyjacking, you know, and and he does, and he he he'll get up there twenty five, you know, way on up there, and uh, and that's that's great. You definitely have a, a serious advantage, but uh, with the type equipment that I prefer to use, um, I think those steep downward angled shots, man. I mean, I don't want to get in the spine. I don't want to be getting into a bunch of, you know, high end ribs. Um, so, so what we do is, you know, when we do hunt from tree stands, they're, you know, 10, 12 foot up, maybe 15. And, uh, and the, the focus is, you know, my, my two buddies that I hunt with, uh, that both 
you uh, self bows. I mean, we, we strategize on this all year, you know, and about cover and how can, how can, how can we change our stance from last year to, to get the jump on them? And just, you know, you're just, it's just all about cover and, and staying low. So you, you keep those, uh, those better, better angle and, uh, and you can get, you know, two longs as opposed to getting those single long shots, but man, not, a, not a whole lot of difference. That's what I found when I was, uh, hunting with the recurve or my dad's old longbow is uh, you were picking a trail or one spot to hunt. Whereas with a compound, I would more or less just go to a really good area that had like a 30 right. yard radius of good around me. Right. Whereas with the recurve or a longbow, I was hunting like one specific trail in one scenario. So we, we are, man, look, uh, funnels for me is the name of the game. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and not just funnels like natural funnels, but then like taking that natural funnel. And if there's a way that I can improve that natural funnel to, to pinpoint that focus, uh, all the better, you know? Uh, and, and man, I'm not above mm-hmm. taking a, taking an, with my trees too, as far as getting cover, that's another thing I was going to say is, uh, you get the right spot, but you ain't quite got the right tree and right cover. Shoot, man, I'll, I'll take some rope, you know, take some 550 cord and, and pull a beech tree, you know, that's 10 foot over here and pull that over into me, you know, and just do whatever I can to get, to get the cover. And, uh, and like I say, just getting them funneled in there. I mean, I need, I need 10, 15 yards, 15 yards max, um, I look, this, this equipment will work further out there, but, uh, but I ain't good enough to put it out there. <laughs> so, well, a man's got to know his limitations. Absolutely. Hey, and bow hunting, bow hunting's about getting close, ain't it? That's uh, right. Yeah. It's actually had something at lunch you were saying. That's like Barry Winslow said a long time ago, sitting with me and cuz, and he was saying how he, I may have quoted this before, it's just profound, probably 35 years ago. He said he was worried about how we're getting so confused between archery and bow hunting. Because he was, you know, they were pioneers, really, and still will forever be one of the, the pioneers in uh, modern bow hunting. But he said, I said, what do you mean archery bow hunting? What's, what's the difference? He said, well, just think about it. Archery is how far can you be from the target and hit the bullseye? Bow hunting is about how close you can get yourself to the critter. And I might add, never make a bad shot. Of course, it's going to happen. But the intent is actually completely different. One is how far, one is how close. Yeah. And so the art, he's talking about the whole art of bow hunting is getting close. It's so much, it's the exhilaration to me isn't like how far. And I mean, I'm not knocking it because at the end of the day, we're not always, we're not being the arbiters of ethics, but it is to say that you shouldn't be shooting at something you're not proficient at. Mm-hmm. So it could be 40 yards or whatever with the, the the technology of today. Sure. I mean, maybe more could go wrong. But the, still the same principle is like, how far can I be accurate? And if I'm not accurate past 10, then it's 10. If, you know, mm-hmm. I, people, we took, we've taken so many bow hunting customers, clients, friends, people, and we have quite a few like recurve shooters. And they're really saying, what are you, are you worried about taking someone not being as accurate? I said, no, I don't care. What you shoot, as long as you stay within your limits, just like he yes, beautifully described. That's it, that's- and so, if the the problem all of us have, including me, you get excited and you do something beyond your limits. That's where we make mistakes. <laughs> Man, ain't, ain't that the truth? I mean, you just do. I've done it. I've shot too far to turkey by mistake. Everybody makes mistakes, you know. So why don't we talk now? Let's mm-hmm. let's move toward the bows. What can you tell us about these bows you're making? 
Oh man, uh, yeah, you see this, uh, see this old snaky, snaky bow right here behind me. Um, that thing is pass, so pass cool. This around a little bit. It's, <laughs> so this is uh, that's an Osage bow. Um, that's Osage, made. aka Bodoc, aka Horse Apple, yeah. yeah, Hedge Apple, hedge, aka uh, McClure Pomifera. I'm surprised that it's so. Thank you, Mister Know It All. You know, snaky <laughs> instead of being straight. Yeah. yeah. So, just so, like I told you, man, at, at heart, I'm an artist, and uh, and I love finding the beauty in nature and being able to that try to help bring is that out. Beautiful. So, yeah, and it's like people people talk about how beautiful that bow is, and I, I really don't think about that. Like, I did a great job on this bow. I literally, I saw that in the wood, and I'm like, you're dang right, that's beautiful. Look yeah, at that. Yeah. Like, can you imagine uh, that? And and I, that's a that's functional, you know. Yeah. Um, so I've actually, I've, I've taken a deer with that bow right there too. I, I, I try to kill one with the, uh, at least one with everything that I make. Yeah, but, that uh, is amazing. But yeah. So was this limb curved or did you yeah, put all so, curves in it? No, that, so, um, so when you're building a self bow, um, like this, you've got to find the longitudinal grain, the, the grain that's running the length of the limb. Mm -hmm. Right. And however that grows, uh, dictates the front profile or shape of that limb. That, that so that sense. started off as a, a trunk of a tree or mm -hmm. a limb on a tree? Uh, a trunk, yeah. Yeah, that was that tree was about as big around as a five gallon bucket. So and it, it just it had a bunch of a bunch you ever seen Osage and how it grows. I mean it grows gnarly, yes, this thing branches coming out everywhere. So so in every one of those crooks and bends right there, in the if you can imagine, that's where that's where a limb or a, a knot or a cat oh, face was. Okay. And so that grain uh, will will Wrap flow and yeah, exactly. As the tree grows around those little imperfections. So you're referring to this as a self bow. I'm not familiar with that term. What is self self bow means uh, only relying upon itself to yeah. function, right? So so there's the other uh, organic type bow is is a composite type. So laminated. Well, correct. So so that would be either maybe take a piece of wood and then for the back the the back it's okay. Don't worry about it. The back is uh, what'd you do, Mac? Man, his, his eyes. But uh, <laughs> I just hurt this bow. You didn't hurt it, man. It's all good. Um, so the the part the the when you're holding a bow at full draw, the back of the bow is the the part facing away from you. The belly is what's what you're looking at, what's facing you, right? So that back of that bow is where all that tension is, right? And so um, a self bow means that there's nothing to help out with that that tension. So I, I've taken uh, with Osage in particular, it's a ring porous. Uh, wood. So you actually, some woods like white wood, like a, uh, like hickory, we would just, we would fell the tree, um, split it up into quarters or split it up into long staves. And then we would, uh, I like to cut them about this time of year too, because uh, the bark, you know, just slip right off because it saps up. Um, and right there, that's your back. That's the back of the bow. So you don't touch it. You want to be very careful oh, with okay. it. Don't ding it. Don't anything. That is the integrity. Yeah, it has to be one growth ring. Perfect. Yes. And so that happens real nice with white wood. Um, now with ring porous woods like Osage, you can do that. You can use the sapwood and do that, but there's an even better wood, um, underneath that sapwood. In the this, this, yes. This, this heartwood, this beautiful yellow heartwood and this stuff out in Texas, you know, they call these, uh, uh, light, the so that, lifetime fence posts. That know? was actually following the heart. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. This, this is, this is, wow. you know, and within the stave this was probably two inches deep you know so the bark would have been out here right, and then right. i took a draw knife and just started working down working down working down and following crazy follow, <laughs> so like think about a think about the end cut of a um of a piece of firewood you like know, a you cant see, 
Yeah, you see, you see all the growth rings, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you oh, find okay. that line, take that that draw uh, knife, and you okay. start working that to one continuous thing. So once you get that accomplished, then you can actually look and see what that longitudinal grain, because now you can see the grain running this way. And then you take and start laying out your bow dimensions. And that's what's so wonderful about these is uh, a self bows is, is, man, no two pieces of wood are alike. No oh, yeah. two bows are going to be alike, right? So, so they're totally original, and it's not really even up to you. It's just up to the piece of wood, uh, and in the way that it was grown and shaped. No, that's cool. So yeah, so yeah, they all they all kind of have their own character. Especially these, I'm known for for being a snake bow and a character guy, but um, it's just because I love a challenge, man, and and uh, and I love the beauty of. of so as as curved as that bow is, the knocks. And the shelf, or the uh, what do you call that? Where the arrow yeah, where sits. the handle, right? The arrow rest, and they and line the up in a straight line. That's correct. That's all that matters. Uh, much in the same way about that arrow right there. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, carbon arrow straight. Or, and this this right here doesn't have to be fiberglass longbow straight. Uh, as long as uh, the string bisects the handle, um, pretty good. Where that that arrow rest is. Um, you know, you're, it's going to fly great. How many pounds will that boat pull? Uh, this one right here is uh, 40 at 27. Um, most of my bows are in the, you know, 40 to 50 pound range. Mm-hmm. So, you know, don't need much more than that. I mean, no, that's so, right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, and you don't string that up till you're ready to go shoot. Yeah. Yeah. You and, just, you'll, you'll string them up. Um, you know, look, I'll, I'll go out. I, I drive drive to my, my hunting spot, I get out, I, I put my clothes on, whatever, and I string my bow up and that, that dude will stay strung up till I get back to the Jeep. You know. Mm-hmm. You do it the same old way I used to do it with my first recurve, step through it and well, use so, your legs. Or, yeah, or similar, very similar to that. Now some guys will advocate for using only using a uh Stringer, you know, but uh, I, let me just while I do have a few people that might be wanting to get into this kind of stuff, I I don't like the step through method. Uh, I think uh, the step through method is is one of the um, the main ways that recurve limbs get twisted and bows get broken. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So there's actually there's a what we call uh, what my 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 buddy Pappy says. Uh, he says kick string and, and it's, it's very similar to that, but it, it happens as supposed to stepping through and having the bow. Right. Uh, what you do is here. Well, you just, no, no worry. Don't, don't take a chance with no, that. I'm not, not going to string it up, but I could demonstrate instead of having a, um, instead of this thing to mm-hmm. get the leverage. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a much safer way, which is your leg, your hand, and this uh, pulling this way, right, right. Is that so? Right? You would pre-string it on the bottom, and yeah, yeah. Slide slide yeah, yeah exactly. Now, as yeah. as I do that, and that slides up, and and then so once it gets strung, you're because what happens is you end up you, your boot gets hung up, uh-huh. you know. And uh, so I've seen a lot of bows get broken like that. But. Well, you got to remember too when I was doing that, I was probably thirteen. Oh yeah, man, shoot, and, I did it too. I did it for you. There's no way I could have done the, the second. Right. Well, you you know, I wouldn't have been strong enough back then. It was so, all I could do to get it strong again. That's just, it's really amazing. So you put one end, you kind of leverage it up against your boot, right. and you you 
pulled the handle the towards handle, you and correct. then pushed the string. Well, that way he could be sure that he doesn't torque it. That's yeah. what he was just saying. Yeah, that also, and, and, you know, if you think about the way uh, that that string bends that wood, it's happening all the way out at the tips, right? Um, right and right. so so you want to try to emulate that the best you can because if you're just trying to bend way up here close to the handle, you could uh, you could damage the boat. So once you get that bow cut out, then you've got to figure out what length the string and then you have some strings made for it and – yeah, yes. Yeah, um, typically, when you're in the process of, of building, you'll have what's uh, what's known as just your uh, your tiller and string, which which will have a loop on one end, and then you just tie a, a bowyer's knot in the in the bottom, like a half edge in the bottom. That way, it's adjustable because you're all all the time kind of adjusting the length of the string as you go through the stages of uh, of tiller and, and and teaching that wood to bend. How long would that take you to build a bow like that? Bow like that, right there. Uh, honestly, I got I don't know, probably. 50 hours in something like that. I've, hmm. I've got a lot of time in a, in a, it's in a, in a character boat. And, and I don't really look, I don't clock in and clock out doing this stuff. <laughs> and, and let me just say, if there's any listeners out there thinking, man, I want to buy a bow from this guy. I don't sell bows. I, I don't, I don't want to sell bows. I don't sell, sell arrowheads. I want to, I want to inspire folks to do this. I want to yeah. inspire folks to, to pick up a piece of wood, to pick up a, a book and, and get in this stuff and, and, and learn it themselves. And, um, but, uh, that bow has so much work in it, the way you described it. It would not have surprised me if you just said, I've got about 50 days. I, I, it was, it I thought not, you were going to say yeah. 500. I really yeah. did. Yeah, I didn't. Look, I, I can sit down, uh, like my uh, that recurve over there, um, you know, last year's hunting bow, I, man, I, I probably had 20 hours in. You know, a straighter, a more straightforward build, um, and I've been doing this now for twenty years. I can, I can wolf one out pretty quick. So I've been, I mean, maybe I missed this. How do you get the tips? Yeah, so I, I, I get now. You get, you go down to the heart or the heart wood or within the first growth ring, but that determines your workable bow by uh, one piece. How do you get those tips to turn perfectly like that one? Uh, to, the recurve in them? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so the recurve. I, I, um, you know, um, I'm super inspired by the uh, the early bow builders of like the 30s. I mean, it's know? perfect. I'm looking at that. Long Man, ago. so 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 those Fred Bear those had, tips are absolutely identically perfect. Oh yeah, yeah. And these these came off of a form, um, and I, I tried. I've, I've, I've held some of the early uh, Grumley, you know, the Fred Bear uh, Nels Grumley built bows of the 30s, and and to me, they're just. They're the pinnacle of classical archery. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're just the the most beautiful thing, and uh, he used to have uh, one called I believe it was the Bushmaster, um, but these this static recurve, these little tight little uh, tips like this are just just everything. And, and essentially, essentially, what I do is um, is you steam. You, you you can just take a pot of bull and water, wow. and uh, and put some aluminum foil over it, and take this, you know, just a, a section, you know, whatever's going to go over your your pot, and. <laughs> Toxie, listen, man. You 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 put this uh, in a steam bath for like forty five minutes to an hour. I swear to you, if you, if you stuck the whole bow in there, we could take it out, and when it's done, you, know, you could tie it in a knot. I mean, it's it's wow. just so uh, it, the wood just kind of plasticizes, even mm-hmm. on a boat up tree. No, absolutely. Wow. I mean, it's it's incredible. <laughs> That's pretty uh, cool. So yeah, so yeah, man. I just I, I think this is uh, like a five inch radius or something like that, and, and he uh, just bends it around the form. Yeah, sorry form. to interrupt, and then you clamp it. Yeah. And let it absolutely set up. Yeah, thanks for 
yeah, I'm just, you know. It's, he, he's, look at you. You're doing so well today. Well, it's like the moderator. This is my guy. You and me, we're going to build a bow one day. Uh, that's right. Yeah. You're going to come Man. up to Tennessee. And, well, I tried once, and I did bend the tips, and I never finished it. And I guarantee you I had probably 500 hours. <laughs> you, still, you still got that thing? Uh, it's somewhere, yeah. I will, listen, dig it out and 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 come on up to Tennessee. and and uh, going to we'll, tune we'll that thing up. Yeah, that's right. We'll get it done. We'll be whacking does in no time with that thing. We're never going to get any work out of Dudley. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I guess next I, we need to ask you about uh, – yeah, don't worry about our cameras back yeah, there. With sorry, your excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> no, just keep it's that like, boat. That boat is more, way more important. You yeah, have a reason. Being, being facetious, Lanny. <laughs> you have a reason for all of this that you do. I mean, yeah. you're, a, you're a hard worker. Craftsman. And I get, artist. I get the vibe that this is your – you know, relaxation. This is your stress reliever. It is. And uh, so is what that- about this tanned hide over here? What's the deal with that? Man, brain tan is uh, is the best leather in the world, man. Uh, brain tan. That's correct. Yeah, brain tan. That's uh, that's the tanning agent in that is is just brains and water. Mm-hmm. There's no chemicals whatsoever. Th- this in particular is the uh, is a dry scrape. So you'll see a lot of guys that uh, that tan hides. I'd say probably ninety percent, right? You see them. They'll they'll take a hide. They put it in a a big vat of of, mm-hmm. of water, right? And and they'll take and uh, get it wet for three or four days in a solution of, of lye, you know, and they'll slip the hair. Um, essentially what you're doing when you do that is you're taking that hide to a certain level of rot, right? I don't know, man, there's just something about that that just, just kind of doesn't sit right with me. So the, so the way that I learned and, and, um, was inspired to learn was the, the dry scrape method. So essentially, um, this is, this is straight off the deer. I mean, I'll skin a deer and then rack it up into a, an A-frame type rack, like you can see in in that video uh, mm-hmm. that I got online. And then, then we're coming in, and I've, I've actually I've scraped some with stone ads as well. But you can take a steel ads or a stone ads and address uh, that hide and scrape. Once it gets dried out, in about three days of being strung up out in the sun, man, it'll get tight just like a drum. You can come in and scrape that uh, the the hair and the epidermis layer just underneath the hair, and get all that off. And then once you do that, you've got rawhide, which that rawhide is is what you take to to lash oh, yeah. uh, that. Or there's there's nine kinds of uses for for rawhide, uh, but then that that awesome rawhide you can take uh, the brain of one animal. You guys ever heard uh, you ever heard that old adage? You know, it, it uh, every animal's got uh, enough brains to tan its own hide. You guys ever heard that? <laughs> I, heard that. I have well, heard that, but I never knew what they came. From. Yeah, so that's an say, old that's was, an old timer. Say that again. Yeah, say that every animal's got just enough brains to tan its own hide. That's something but, you, but your grandma never said Bobby, that to you. Bobby wouldn't fit that. Well, see, that, yeah, that, yeah, that's I, what I heard. <laughs> boy, I'm gonna tan your yeah, eyes. Yeah, I, I heard, heard that, that a lot. That's yeah. that's well. So that that comes from uh, the fact that most animals uh, have enough brain matter in them uh, to actually tan their own and then mm-hmm. soft their own soft their own hide. Um, so yeah, so it's, you're using a deer brain, Josh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like this particular deer uh, was killed. Uh, uh, skin him out, racked him up, took his brain, and then uh, you know once we were ready to to do the deed, uh, it's like take a take a bucket and about a five gallon bucket and you know about I don't know that much water, you know a couple gallons of water, and um, 
you take the brains and just the one brain and a little bit of water and cook it over the skillet, t- put it in a, a blender first. Right. Mm. And emulsify. Uh, obviously that. your wife's blender. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. The exactly. kitchen. Yeah. You want it you from the kitchen. <laughs> you need to do this in the kitchen. Yeah. This is an outdoor thing. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So, and you want to cook it just a little bit, just, just boil it a little bit. Um, so you get, you know, whatever bacteria or whatever that could be in it, that could hurt you. Huh. And, um, and cook it just a little bit. Just whole so brain. You chop it up. Whole thing. Whole, yeah, chunk whole thing. Put it, yeah, chunk her in there. Uh, a little usually, bowl for on. us. They're usually frozen. You mm-hmm. know what I mean. So thaw them out a little bit. Throw them in there. Uh, make you make your concentrate. Put that into your bucket. Uh, fill your bucket about quarter way up or so, and then you'll take that this scroll we call it uh, of a that rawhide. This mm-hmm. imagine this just rolled out hard as a rock. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, like poster board or something, and, and just start working it down into the solution. I'll let that sit overnight. Just pushing it down and then pushing it down, letting it absorb. Mm -hmm. And uh, eventually it'll go from being so stiff and it'll, you know, turn into a wet hide again. Mm -hmm. And uh, overnight sitting, letting all that stuff soak. And then, uh, then you start taking and wringing, wringing the hide out best you can. Um, Just wringing the water out of it. That's why I said, like wrapping around a post and take a stick. That's right. Yeah. So if you'll, if you'll watch that video, I I try to, I've got, I've got a whole series on this on TikTok, but um, I do have a pretty good just overview of this process. But the, the long and short of it is, is basically you're wringing it out like your grandma would have wrung out clothes, you know, Mm -hmm. back in the day. Um, to force that um, the lanolin or whatever it is, the chemical inside the brain that makes this stuff soft. And so you're, you're forcing that all the way through, wow. permeating that uh, multiple, t- multiple, multiple times, and then stretching, 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 trying to, so as you stretch this thing, it's getting drier and drier and drier. And then, then you turn around and go back to the brains uh-huh. and then start this over. And this is about a, I mean, this uh, three days. I mean, three days of just some of the hardest dead gum work. I mean, when I'm done with the hide, uh, the next couple of days, I can barely open my hands, you know, because I've I've been. Uh, it looks something like I this. mean, like skinning a dare. You know how your hands get sore? Oh my! Can God. you oh, imagine is, no, doing that's, that? That's, that's child's play compared to this because <laughs> these, you know, these these have stretch in a couple different ways. So you'll sit here and do this, stretch this dude, and see how it's not stretching very much right mm-hmm. now. It's because it's good and dry. So. But this may, I've done this for eight hours. Just sit. Oh, man. You know, and when you start, this is this is a slimy, wet ordeal. Yeah. You know? And as you go. I need your waiter's on. Yeah, for sure. And <laughs> Is this how the Native Americans did it? Absolutely. Yeah, this this is a, this is a, one of the oldest, oldest ways right here. You mean they didn't just go to trappersupply.com? <laughs> well, no. And so so then so let's just say we've gone through the whole branding process. We've got this thing dry, it's soft, everything's great. We've got to we've got to hide. You guys ever seen um like the wedding dresses uh that some of the natives uh, Yeah, with the elk, be, the elk yeah. ivory on the front. Right, and they'll just and they'll be completely super duper white, right? So those weren't smoked. So if you we got this brain tan hide and it rained uh, that's going to go straight. As soon as it get wet, once it dries, it goes straight back to rawhide. Uh-huh. So all that work, we got two days of stretching. Both our, you, our hands are dying. And all of a sudden we got to do this again. So at a certain point we realized probably from just hanging out around fires as much as we did, um, that the, if you'll take and essentially what I do is, is sew this up into a big bag or a sock and force smoke, um, through the entire thing. Hmm. And we'll do, we'll, we'll, we'll smoke the inside 
get it completely done, turn the thing inside out, smoke the other side. And that creosote that's in this uh, gets inside, permeates those fibers and something about it essentially waterproofs. Now, look, if, if we got this soaking wet right now, I would I would have to work it a little bit. You know, there'd be a little bit of stiff spot and we could stretch it for a minute, but it'll go right back to feeling just like that. And there, huh. honestly, man, there's there's not a better smell in the world uh, to me personally, but it's kind of a, some guys like it, some most, most women don't. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Uh, <laughs> I would, I would literally, I would, I would go to bed with that thing every night wrapped up in it. If, if my wife. Would yeah. It smells like you've been camping all weekend. Yeah. It yeah. smells like campfire. Hmm. Uh, Golly. This, this has been very interesting. Old school scent control. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. It, it was. It absolutely was. So, mm. hey, and I brought this too. You know, you guys were talking about the uh, the lethality of, of stone points. This is on my on my YouTube channel. You can watch me. Um, I self film my first uh, for the first time uh, this past season, killing a, a nice doe. And this is uh, this is that arrowhead that I pulled out. So you can see very little damage. The haft, everything's. See, I mean, you can you can throw it around and it it doesn't even break. So. <laughs> How much time out of a day do you spend napping? Um, you know, just depends on the day. Usually, usually, man, um, I've got a, I've got a six year old little girl, uh, and I've just got small portions of the day that I can come out and do this kind of stuff, you know, um, maybe a couple hours, you know, but hell, I may go a couple weeks and not do it, you know, probably like you write in a book, Bobby. So is it something though that when you, uh, once you kind of get into a rhythm, you can just knock them out Mm -hmm. pretty, pretty quick and and you can turn over a piece of flint and see, well, there's going to be three in this one or. Yeah. So typically I'm, I'm looking at a, uh, or this would be a better knife and this one would be right for size, you know? So like I'd look at a spall like this and, and go, okay, this size ball, um, I'm going to make one good bigger piece out the biggest thing that I can out of this from the core of this piece of material. And I'm hoping that through the process of reduction, I'm going to get a few flakes that are large enough that I could pressure flake into smaller projectiles. Ah, yeah. mm-hmm. So it's, it's essentially, it's just, it's all about, um, just, you know, trying not to be super wasteful because you got a lot of waste that happens. So it's just out of all this waste. What can I make use of, yeah. Yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. What um, on 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 when you're sticking these heads on these as air shafts or whatever, there's a it looks like some tar. Yeah, it's pine pitch. That's pine pitch. Yeah, that's you. that's pine sap, um, wood ash, a little bit of uh, deer poop oh, yeah. or a rabbit nice. uh, and uh, and maybe a little beeswax, too. If it gets uh, brittle, you can add a little bit of wax and it'll kind of it's all about uh, just getting the, the right consistency. So what you know, you can feel push your uh, fingernail into that stuff a little bit right now. Like feel how it's not oh, super yeah. duper brittle. Yeah, yeah. Um, if it is a little bit brittle, it, it gets even more brittle in the wintertime. And you want that to have some elasticity to it. You know what I mean? Because uh, it does take some some impact. So. Well, that's basically some homemade glue. Yeah, it's interesting that the you know the shaft on your arrow broke, but your the haft and everything your hafting job is just completely solid. How many arrows do you do you carry? What kind of quiver have you? Well, so look again. I'm I'm not a I'm I'm more focused on being a craftsman than a caveman. So so like this bow, I use a um, uh, a strap on. it's a great northern quiver, you know, you, you, not unlike you see okay. on modern, traditional. Um, 
in contrast to that, um, this turkey season, I was chasing, running, running through the woods, chasing turkeys with just three cane arrows in my hand and my bow, just mm-hmm. because I didn't, I didn't want to have, first off, I didn't want to have all, all this extra stuff out here right. and wait because, you know, when you call a bird in, man, you're sitting, you're sitting like this for way longer. And I mean, <laughs> this bow, this bow don't wave at a pound, but a pound after five minutes with a, with a bird. My hand after five minutes. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> y'all, y'all know, y'all know the drill. <laughs> So well, it's amazing to see your passion for this, and that it, it uh, wow, it it really is. there's a lot of lot of effort that goes into doing oh, this, man. Yeah, to just, say the least. I've been uh, I've been eat up with it my whole life, you know, and I'm just I'm just one of these types of folks that uh, I get focused on stuff. It's I mean, it started with guitar, and and, and uh, you know, I figured that out, and and I've just it's just anything that I'm interested in, I I want to go all the Deep. way with it, yeah. you know. Um, luckily I'm not, um, I got a lot of buddies that are super talented and a lot of them, you know, will just go way over here for a while and way over here with something, you know, and I've always kind of, everything is always for me personally has always revolved around deer hunting pretty Mm -hmm. much. Mm -hmm. And so this has always kind of just been an extension of my deer season. So like, so hence November South, right. Um, so, so deer season's out. Uh, my, my next focus is I'm building my bow for next year, you know? And then once that's built, I'm practicing with that daily. And then I'm moving towards mo- making my arrows and making mm-hmm. my arrowheads. And then as season gets closer, I'm hafting all of that. I'm fine tuning all of those things. And, and, and at the same time, uh, is that thunder? <laughs> yeah. Could be. But, uh, <laughs> it could yeah. be Riley in the warehouse too. That's true. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's been the thing is it's just it can be uh, a way to just really extend all the things. You know, there's Toxie, a, go I was going to say, Toxie had a bit of a comparison about that. We discussed at lunch between what you do uh, and what we do. As a, as gamekeepers, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah the, um, what's your, I guess what it struck me listening to him at lunch was and telling that story actually even more in depth that um, – I feel like kind of proud that it exhibits a very similar like philosophy to us. It's like, enjoy all your time, not just the results. Don't mm-hmm. just like, Hey, you know, in, in compared to everything, you know, it's the, it was just the result. Oh, I feel, but you know, I didn't kill, but a 150 this year. Man, it's, you it's know, a- <laughs> it was, so I was shooting for a 170, you know, whatever that but that's is life. Ain't it? I mean, yeah, it's, but it, you enjoy the process and yeah. that's why being a gamekeeper, people are becoming, more consumed with getting the work done they have such a connection with nature and it's in a different way it's the same thing you're you don't want anything like artificial quote unquote you want it to have come from the earth yeah. basically yeah for sure and and also be authentic and being you know going back in time it's just so cool and it it actually um something i think more and more people are tapping in today and and get a better place in their life from it. But that's the same thing we're trying to do. And it just struck me it's very similar. There's that draw to the earth that we live on that and it pulls at us in a thousand different ways, from farming to we love to hunt. Yeah. And we love to fish and we love to farm and or or uh, garden or whatever it is, yeah. forage and all those yeah. things. Yeah. Uh but I, I thought it was so similar that um what's so valuable that you could teach people. Uh, that I pray for for people is just enjoy all your time. Man, Don't man. just throw away a bunch of time, time for so some precious. end result. Enjoy the whole process. And the thing that's so cool again about the game people's side, which is some is that we see more and more and more and more people just loving doing the work. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, man. I mean, the the work is where it's at. I mean, the process yeah. is that's yeah. that's the essence of life, you know. And I and I and like you said, man. I think in today's society, we're we're so um, accustomed to you know having just like just real quick results. Mm-hmm. You know, I just I yeah. want to do this and have a just a real quick result. You know, and if I can't get that, well, I don't like, and I want to move on to something else because we're we in such a fast paced society, right? It seems to only be going faster, and this. As a gamekeeper, as a as right. a primitive skills practitioner, I mean, whatever, you're you're not you know. timed. That's what we talked about too. Is in your timed, your your end uh, your end of game is when you're through with this process that you love, not like four thirty. Yeah, your your time is is your literally your deadline time is like opening up deer season. Yeah, and other than that, what's so cool about mm-hmm. it? You sit down. This boat might take you. 45 hours this bow may make you take you 15 hours but it's not until you're through with the process yep. and you're having you know you're being fulfilled the whole time in that process. the whole time man. and look and while, while i was yep. making this bow right here i was thinking about uh the tree that i was gonna hunt you know what i mean i was thinking about <laughs> the mind like, wanders i wonder you know and and all of those <laughs> thoughts and i'm putting that energy into this stuff while i'm making it you know and mm. and i feel like honestly and some of our uh, my buddies will kind of feel the same way about um, when they go out and hunt with their self-bow for the first time, there's like a little bit of magic in it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You've got a little bit of something, you know? So, wow, man, it's it's a pleasure. Well, look, we're going to get you to sing a song here in a second. I I, want to give Mike a chance to ask a question if he's got one. Don't get him started. You almost (laughs) have his mic turned off. Let me chew the one. What's up, Mike? If you're making box calls, and if you do, I would definitely like to see what one of those (laughs) I know, right? So, man, I almost, a a few years back, I almost really got into the turkey call thing. And, and, you know, so, like, one of the things that that was great about getting into self-bows was, Mm. again, man, I grew up poor. And so it wasn't a huge investment to do. And, um, and, and I got, I, I love turkey hunting. I'm passionate about it. And I wish that I could do some, some more stuff that was maybe not so expensive. But when I looked into like getting a lathe and like get just, just, it was just too much. Um, but I have been thinking about, I think next year I'm going to try cause I'm, I'm determined, uh, to kill a turkey on film with my, uh, self bow and stone point. And I, I think, I think I'm going to try just like maybe a, a box call and like some natural slate and try to see if I can't make something. Yeah. You can make what something sounds yeah. like a turkey. Yeah. No doubt about that it. That sounds Even like these cane callers. He yeah. could, I bet he could do something. With no, that. no, but he could do it. Yeah. No, he no question. Could. He could do it. Yeah. Either the, the striker. Yeah. Uh, That'd be, what, what do they call those? But uh, or, or your own box call. Right, I'm sure like, you could do it. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah you cool. can take one of those rocks and a nail and make a turkey sound if it comes. <laughs> well, it, funnily <laughs> enough, I was uh, I was I was filming myself working on uh, a bow for a friend of mine uh, last year, and it was well actually no, I was I was making my turkey bow this year, and I was scraping so chasing a ring on this Osage. Uh, you, the very last step is you take a card scraper, not unlike a, a knife or a, a piece of glass, right? And you're just taking very very small fine little paper shavings off Mm. and sometimes it'll kind of it'll kind of scratch a little bit and by god i was sitting there with a gooseneck and it started going (laughs) and i was like oh whoa 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 whoa." there was a little spot there and i went back and i went and i was like man (laughs) he might not need an assist from the call well well i am a singer you know how the did any of us know how the Indians used to call them, or did they not call them, or just oh, I never stalk them down that. and shoot them. I don't know. Man, I, I remember seeing uh, the famous pioneer Ben Lee just grab a leaf 
and mm-hmm. make a beautiful yelp with like you know a, a green leaf off of some I don't know what kind of tree it was I think an ash tree or something. Yeah, hmm. I'm gonna have to do that. <clears throat> That'd you know, be cool. An integrated turkey call built into your bow. Yeah. So, do you have a tattoo of a guy with a bow shooting a deer on your? Own? Is that what I'm saying? Yeah. This this oh, right here. One right there. Yeah. I, yeah. This is uh this is that some looks cave familiar. art from yeah. uh, from Spain. This is actually. Um, Man, at the time, and don't quote me on the dates on this, but I'm I'm fairly certain that the, that this um, particular petroglyph was the earliest known depiction of man using a bow and arrow, <laughs> right? And so I just thought, how sweet! Now, in the actual thing, the deer were actually um, I think they were going away, and it was like a big scene of a bunch of deer going this way, and some of them have horns. I think they were red stag or whatever, but. Uh, I've never been much on killing. Big, I love big the manning, horns, yeah. So, whacking <laughs> a big old so I, I, I got this. I got this uh, the year that I made my first self bow. This was in 2004. Wow. So, yeah, it's been with me. It's a little faded now. But, uh, so, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Wow. Pretty cool. Pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, it really is. You know, but so before we get you sing out, we're going to, gonna, he's going to do the next Dosakis commercial. I can see it now. <laughs> 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 we always say what uh, we always ask around the room. What did we learn? There's so much to say here. I'm mind blown. You know, <laughs> that's the only thing I can say. Dudley, um, I just I don't know. Dudley's in love. Dudley is me, so in his zone dude, of like his happy place. He would go to. Of course, he is so connected to the trees and everything. But he is such a from the first day, just about we've ever met a long time ago when he's working here. This was a passion of his so mm-hmm. much. Yeah. You know. Well, I just I feel like we're a lot alike. For uh, sure. I yeah, think, man. We're kindred spirits for sure. I think you uh, tend to do this uh, to relax and uh, keep that anxiety at bay. We yes, were talking sir. about that earlier. Yeah, and that's uh, exactly right. Just using your hands and. Yeah, and, so, and being and getting outside, right? Yeah, and just one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean that's that's a huge part of it, and just and being part of this like natural cycle thing. of mm-hmm. things and an older um, thing, you know. So I, get like, I get it. For it's sure. like artwork. It is unbelievable artwork, but it's actually productive Function, artwork. Yeah. Yeah. Functional, that's art. right. Yes, and it's all inspired by what he's finding. You know what I mean? Right. Like he didn't know what he's going to do till he finds the rock or the tree. You know? Right. Nature. Yeah. That's yeah. The, that's the, that's the whole that's thing. Is like nature. It's and that's that's all it is, man. Look, and and so with so just kind of segue into the songwriting thing. Um, so I feel like the best songs um, are not really something that you uh, like. It's not something that you really think about and that you do. It's like sometimes, like really, the best ones are like you just kind of pull mm-hmm. out of air, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 that's kind of like this thing with these rocks and bows and this stuff. It's like it's there, and I just want to. I'm I'm just a vessel to be able to. Um, like like re- refine yeah. this thing that already exists and and be able to like kind of show its beauty to to for myself and then be able to share that um i'm so privileged these days to, to have the platform that's that i've gotten in the last uh, year and a half i mean it's it's mind-blowing to me um and, and i just i really i just i hope and pray that like i'm inspiring some folks out there to maybe not buy the next, you know, Matthew's bow mm-hmm. or, or maybe do, but like maybe do this and like you and your kids have something, you know what I mean? Like you don't have to everybody. And, and I, let me back that up too and say my dad hunting with a crossbow. I am not an elitist. I could care less. Absolutely. Hey guys, if, if, if hunting with a crossbow does it for you, if that by God, awesome, mm-hmm. do it and, and love it and enjoy it. And don't look down on anybody else. No, I, you know what no, I mean? 100%. Um, I like it all. 
I got yeah, a crossbow sure. and that a, was going to be my point. Buy bow. your Matthews bow, do both. Yeah, you, you can. Know, you that's really, right. You absolutely, absolutely, you absolutely can. But um, you know, if you're if you're out there and you're poor like like I am or I was, uh, you know, hey man, it's everybody can do it. We we uh, I'm a part of a a wonderful organization in Clarksville, Tennessee, Twin Oaks Bow Hunters. Uh, we have a website, twinoaksbowhunters.com. Ned, I think it is, but we put on uh, a few of the, the biggest uh, traditional archery shoots in the nation or, and one of the biggest, um, if not the biggest bow making event, uh, this side of the Mississippi, uh, every spring, it's the first weekend in May. Um, it, it's in Clarksville and, uh, and man, we, we teach, um, guys like that young man that just walked by, yeah. you know, that's 14, 15 years old and, uh, or all the way up to, you know, gentlemen, you know, that are retired mm-hmm. and, uh, and just get them start. Get you. We like to set folks just on the path, you know. Um, but every year we do it, and and then folks are just they get eat up with this stuff. And and uh, I don't know. I'm just proud to be a part of it. Well, I tell you what, you've inspired me. There's no doubt yeah. about that. Well, well, I tell you what, I've learned. His what, wife what, is way more forgiving than my <laughs> wife. <laughs> <laughs> no brains uh, are getting blown. You're, you're not going to be chewing snoo uh, and talking to <laughs> Melissa. Oh, uh, <laughs> me. Yeah. Let me borrow the blender, baby. You keep making them margaritas. Uh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to wash it good when you get done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you don't just leave it laying around, you know. Yeah. Do you do you put the hides in the washing machine, too? <laughs> no, um, but you know, you can break a hide pretty good with a washing machine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I've I've heard that, but no, I I, I tend to go the the non electrical route. There so, you go. So, yeah. So tell us about uh, this guitar and that, and, and pick out a song. Yeah, and man. Yeah. We, so uh, nobody's ever sang to us here. Well, shoot. Let me. Uh, man, I tell you, I, we released a song uh, oh back earlier this year. Um, that's been doing real good, and so you know, basically, what I'm doing on uh, on the internet is I'm 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 out here. I, I try to show up every day. And uh, and and show you guys a bow or me working on whatever it is, and I'm I'm in the background because I'm not talking to you. Listen, I don't I don't want to teach you how to do this stuff online either. There's there's plenty of folks that make long form content. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clay Hayes, there's you know there's there's nine kinds of places that you can go and learn this stuff. I'm just out here to inspire, and I want to I want to show you my songs. So my songs in the background to all these, and uh, this one song in particular. Uh, we wrote and it's an old coal miner song uh we put it out in i guess february and uh it's called one mile deep so i'll play a little bit of it if that's all right yeah oh, yeah, yeah. We'll love it you too. now listen this is a this is a banjo song for the most part i, I was gonna bring my banjo but i figured this sound a little better so, <laughs> if i had if i had more folks with me but uh but anyway Two blind horses as they carry me to hell. There's a burning in my eyes and brimstones, all that I can smell. Felt the mountain crumble as the walls began to fall. Oh, oh. I came to make a living, and now I'm underneath it all. I can hear angels calling But it feels like the devil has my hand And come tomorrow I'll be right here in 
this place without a sound Where no light shines way down in the mine Like others done before me, I left my home in Tennessee to work a Kentucky coal mine in 1923. Well, the ten of us one mile deep when the beams began to crack. We all went down in a coal mine, though we never made it back. Well, I can hear angels calling, but it feels like the devil. Come tomorrow, I'll be right here in this place Without a sound Where no light shines Way down in the mine Well, don't you cry now, darling Everything's gonna be alright There's angels here to take me now And I know one day we'll meet on Cause I see the light Way down in the mine Good grief. Yeah. That was awesome. Thank you, guys. You hey, got goosebumps. I'm I'm all shivered up over here. I can't thank you guys enough, man. This has been such an enjoyable experience. Thank so, you what, for being yeah, here. Yeah, we're not through with you yet. So uh, <laughs> you'll hang out for a while. You're going to fly him back home. <laughs> well, yeah, I got to work in the morning. Well, but, uh, we're I keep that. admiring those, that, that tattoo of the, the you got on that. What'd you call that? Epigraph? Yeah, yeah. That's what you need, Bobby. You think his wife is tolerant? Why do you try to get a tattoo? <laughs> so, Mike, we've got a looking at you, uh, Will. We've got a trivia question we want to ask you. All right. And if you can get the trivia question right, okay, one of our listeners that left a review will win a prize. Oh, awesome! And if you don't get it right. Well, we'll probably still send them a prize. Yeah, we'll have to do something like that. So this is where we uh, we kind of turn it over to Mac here. So hang on. All right, so you are going to give a listener a chance to win a pair of Leopold sunglasses, and you're playing for WP Taylor 72 who left a review. You know, we might have to hook you up with some sunglasses. Those sunglasses awesome. are awesome. Yeah, all right. They're great. They well, really are. Let's see. I, you know, I'm not real good at trivia, so you guys might want to hold out. Well, now, so. <laughs> this one was cherry-picked for you. Okay. All right, so the question is, the Iroquois and the Cherokee called corn, beans, and squash the blank because they nurture each other like family when planted together. These agriculturalists place corn in small hills, planting beans around them and, uh, and putting squash yeah. throughout the rest of the field. That's correct. Yeah, that's called the Three Sisters. 
Oh, wow. Boom! Oh, Ring the bell. Yeah. He's killing I got a, I got a, I got a three sisters circle garden at my house. Ah. So, and, and I, I take a, I just made on a video. Uh, I made a stone, uh, uh, a stone hoe. Uh, oh that yeah. I'm, I'm actually, uh, I'm been gardening with. So, man, <laughs> that's Fred Flintstone. That's hoe. where I lost you. I just, I did thirty minutes of weed eating this morning. I would <laughs> oh, not man. swap it for a hoe. <laughs> Man, like, oh, listen, wow. man. The the fun is in the process. Yeah, you're okay, right. okay, Toxie. Like yeah. when you when you're when you're gardening, it's it's about the process. Oh, he's all about it, that, it is me. until the weeds get involved. <laughs> man, I know it. I, I'm lying to you. I, I hate the work of it. Oh. Well, this has really been interesting. Very interesting. Have, have you want to give us just say something to your wife, daughter, and that way they can. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Hey, guys, I'll be home in the, in a few hours. I love y'all so much. And, That's cool. Uh, <laughs> hey, come back and go uh, hunting with us. Shoot fired. Oh, God. Oh, there it is. Hey, y'all can't right. see this right now. They're <laughs> twisting my arm to say yes to this. Yeah, the Shoot. guy the guy that says the 15 yards is for the shot is going to have the best shot of going to the good stuff. Yeah, you're going to get yeah. put in the good spot with yeah. that bow. Yep. <laughs> oh, man, look, I'm, I'm, uh, uh, I shoot. I'll pass. I'll pass on on anything that ain't just right. By God. Oh, so, we like to we like to eat deer. Yeah, man. That's that's me. We <laughs> we eat deer uh, two three times a week yeah, in my house. Yeah, you that's know, right. So cool. Mm. Well, does anybody have any more concluding thoughts or Mac? You got a, another question or anything before we? Wind this thing down. I got a question. Who's who's going to clean up these obsidian shards on the carpet? I get it. <laughs> I, I volunteer. Yeah. Oh, oh man, I'm and, sorry about that, guys. And oh, there's shoot. stuff. We need to make sure you get all your your hedge back. Oh, yeah, they're, they're laying everywhere. Except right. the one he gave me. No, I'm gonna pass he out. Made, the knife he made for me. That, and right. it, does that? Do you, uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but it looks like kind of like bottomland on it. That's it, right there. It does. It does. That's that we call that uh, that camo Dover right there, and that's uh, it is. It's a little. It's kind of got that bottomland. Look to it. I started making it yesterday, and I said, "Well, I guess I'm gonna have to give Secret. this." To That's one crazy. Of he made that yesterday. I mean, it really, no, is. it is. It's yeah. amazing. No. Well, uh, so folks can go on Instagram, yeah. and they can at, at November South, uh, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm on all the socials. So at, on it, literally anything other than uh, Twitter, uh, I'm I'm out there. I'm at uh, November South. Is there so, any way to stream your music? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yes. I uh, I try. I'm trying right now. I'm trying to release a song every four to six weeks. Um, wow. I've got, I think, 25 songs that I've released since uh, 2020. So where would we go to download or stream your music? Absolutely. You can uh, you can hear it anywhere um, online that you that you like to listen. Spotify. So that's that Spotify, Apple, I'm Amazon. That's, uh, you know, if you guys like Pandora Radio, if you're not paying for streaming services. I'm, I'm fixing can, to stick you on my playlist right beside Jerry Jeff Walker. Oh, man, I love that. That's 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 <laughs> such an honor, man. Wow. And and look, I, I don't know why I've just been so fascinated with you. I forgot Dudley's got some questions. We call it Rapid Fire. Okay. And uh, well, this will be good. He's put a lot of effort into this. It's brought to you by our friends at, at Springfield Armory. They're kind of at the other end of the spectrum. That's right, uh, yeah. ma- they make some really sophisticated pistols and Absolutely. rifles. But, uh, Dudley, you ready? I'm getting close. Almost there. <laughs> Just give me five seconds. Okay. So while he's, I don't know what he's doing there because he's, uh, he's going over he's his making, notes. making notes or something. Yeah. I've got one thing I wanted to add that hit me last minute that I need to. Uh, yeah, and is there while he's doing that? Is there anything we need uh, else yeah. we need to promote to help you? No, not really, man. Uh, no, I mean um, Clay Hayes is a great guy. Um, if you're trying to, you guys are out there trying to learn how to make bows. Uh, Clay Hayes, obviously, he's huge. Everybody knows who Clay Hayes is. Um, 
Let me think. I've got uh, another guy, another great bowyer out there is uh, is Swiftwood bows. Um, I've heard of so, them. Mm-hmm. So if you guys you guys are looking for bows, don't don't look to me. But also, if you if you can go to my link tree, and uh, I'll be sure I'm going to put up here tonight. I'm going to put up a few links to um, great resources for learning flint napping and also learning bows. Um, so. Cool. Yeah. I don't even know what link tree is. Yeah, when you go to his Instagram, you can it's see it's a little thing tree. on your. Okay, yeah. click on there and you get all his info. It's good stuff. Cool. Yeah. Is it, right, was are that, you hey, ready? Was that a H A A S? Is it Clay Hayes? H A A S? H A Y. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> I was just wondering. Yeah, there's so Clay, few. Yeah, Clay Hayes is the guy. He's the guy that uh, went on. He's I, I met him at the classic um, a few years back. He's a great guy. We're actually almost the exact same age, but he won. Uh, he was the the dude that went on alone season eight. And oh he's the guy yeah, that killed the deer and then like made the smokehouse. Like everybody, one hundred percent. I know exactly. Yeah. He's, he's awesome. About. You gotta he, watch that. It's awesome. Yeah, he he actually he used one of my old songs. Uh, shoot, probably six or eight years ago on a turkey hunting video. Uh, so he's a he's a great guy. Yeah, that, that guy. I think he could have stayed for a few more weeks. He was oh, there, for sure. He was yeah, kicking he, it. He, he was thriving. Yeah, he so, was he was doing it. He was we may have right. found somebody to write a gamekeeper theme song for us. Oh, man, you know, wow. Um, I, 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 me and a couple of my songwriter buddies. As soon as I told them that this is what I was going to go do, uh, Daryl, uh, the one that the help me write this song yeah i just played uh he uh he said man we need to by god we just need to go down there and sing something sing a song about turkey hunting or something you know <laughs> <Come on>. so, <laughs> so yeah hey we can talk all right let's t- let's turn it over to dudley all right so we ask questions in in rapid fire okay so uh, we're just trying to get to know you better uh just try to answer them quick we get this mic in here close. You yeah. can say either or neither if you want. But he'll give you a couple. And so, you can say both so what are the? It's either or neither. Yeah. No, he'll well, ask you. You'll know. He'll say mustard. You say. You can pass also. Yeah, you can pass. Pass. All right. Are no you pressure. ready? No wrong answer. I'm ready. All right. Would you rather stare at a stream or a fire? Fire. Mm. Left feather or right feather? Right feather. Saddle or stand? Stand. All day. Hunt high or hunt low? Low, baby. <laughs> Glove or tab? Oh, I'm a tab guy. Snaky or straight? So come on. Get back. Snaky. Homemade glue or factory glue? Fa- oh, yeah. No, I make it. Instinctive or aiming? A little of both, man. Okay. Mm. Deer hunt. Morning or evening? I love the mornings. Willie or Waylon? Oh man, Willie. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Willie. <laughs> Fast bow or quiet bow? Shoot quiet counts, fella. Uh and paper tune or bear shaft tune? You know, if if it hits where I'm looking, that's all I'm worried about. Old school. <laughs> and lastly, <laughs> September or November? November in the South, baby. That's the only place to be. <laughs> awesome. Good job. Good job. Ding ding ding. There it is. Yeah. Well look, I you see this rock on the table? It's called a called a bio rock. Oh, I love them bio rocks, man. They taste good. They do taste good. <laughs> Could you make a point out of that? I wish, by God, because I, I would throw them at deer all day. You know, no, no uh-uh. it it won't. Uh, it's too soft. Yeah, it just doesn't break with that that uh, that conical fracture like we're talking about. Actually, I've never hit a salt rock before, but um, but so it might actually fracture uh, in a conquoil, but it wouldn't be worth much. No. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I had to ask. Couldn't I, hunt with it in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely couldn't. Well, this has been really interesting. I knew it would be. Yeah. And, oh, uh, there you go. Hey, easy yeah, conversation, yeah, man. Yeah. You guys, you guys are no, great. Had to twist great. his arm to get him to come down. <laughs> God dang! I, well, I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. <laughs> well, I bet we can get him down in both seasons. Yeah, I bet we can. Ah, man. Hey. <laughs> 
You I'm think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Taxi, you got anything? How's no. Mr. Fox doing? So so. That's good. Send out prayers for me. He's not doing the best, but he's okay. Well, tell him we ask. I will. Yep. Now, Lanny, I'm looking at you. We've been here a long time. We got a lot to do. The internet maybe is back on. Yeah, yeah, maybe it's back on. We can get to work. Work on those websites. Planbiologic.com. Yeah. Planbiologic.com. Yeah. Yeah. I hope Copper has not peed in my office. Yeah. Uh, why don't you say goodbye, Dudley? Goodbye, Dudley. Get us out of here, Mac Mac. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Gamekeeper Podcast. And be sure to tune in again. Subscribe to Gamekeeper Farming for Wildlife magazine. And don't miss the Mossy Oak Properties Fistful of Dirt podcast with my good buddy, Ronnie Cuz Strickland.